baby, like coast to coast. But on demand, raw and uncut interviews, and all without no ads. Once it's false, and once that's true, and the rate you sing grows too. America, America is here for you. Stories from the listeners. Centagram, he'll read the man, be amazed, but Darren may say no. One says red and one says blue, but if it's balls, it just won't do. Grammarica, Grammarica is here for you. I'm spending the day not speaking. You know, I'm going to write things, but I'm not going to speak all day to give myself, you know, a little bit of a break from communicating and, and see what that does to my brain. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Alexander Polinsky a little bit later. Uh, some of you might have heard the name before. Others maybe not. It's a fun episode. We chat about a little bit of everything. Um, I think he was in, what was it, Growing Pains or something like that when he was a kid? That's pretty cool. And we got, uh, of course, our resident artist who does all the amazing art that you guys see in your new Gramerica apps. Or, uh, every- he was in Charles in Charge. You had Charles- to get that wrong. <laughs> Come on. Charles in Charge. <laughs> but, but he's had some great experiences. We talk about all kinds of spiritual stuff and avatarism and uh, Hollywood. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Very interesting guy. That's it was it. awesome. It was, a, yeah, it was one of those. It's a great chat. Yeah. One of my favorite, actually one of my favorites, I think, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon's <laughs> going to join us. Talk about hey. uh, um, her new, his new uh, kick, not Kickstarter, right? GoFundMe? It's a Patreon. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Graham already started talking, so it's not going to work quite as good, mm-hmm. but as always. <laughs> Graham a- Boyhood Wonder Dunlop. Aw. What the fuck is that for? I enjoy your boyhood wonder. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I boy. do like your boyish charm, Graham. I'd say that's what attracts me most to you. <laughs> okay. Oh. Thanks, guys. It's a hit. You don't want to know what lower was. Is that why I, <laughs> is that why I want to be a gnome in my Dungeons and Dragons character? Are you a gnome now? I yeah. thought you were gonna be a cleric. No, I'm a gnome cleric. Oh. They had just finished voting on what the lamest character was. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped on and picked him. Uh, anyways, so how you been? Yeah, how, how you been? Up, welcome back. Hey, I've been doing good. Yeah, um, I uh, like you guys were saying. I did start up a Patreon, uh, and uh, that is just Patreon.com/slash LucidNap, all one word. And, uh, yeah, I'm starting it up because I really, uh, I'm getting to the end of the Cloud Mummy saga, which has been going on for a, a while now. Um, and I, uh, really would like to publish a second book. I published a first book as a paperback and my plans for the second book are, I'd like to publish the, the web stuff, the web comic stuff into a paperback version, just like the first one. But I'd also like to, uh, publish a hardbound. That's the first version That's the first issue, the second issue, and some extra stories I've been working on the side that you can't get on the web uh, as maybe a more hardbound or or just a 
sort of more luxury item kind of thing uh, that I want to make available for everybody. And uh, I, I've got some goals coming up that, uh, yeah, a one one of the goals is to print the book. Uh, another one that I'd like to do, uh, and we we can talk about how we want to arrange this, is I'd like to do a coffee table book of the art of Gramerica. Um, <laughs> yeah, where I do all the uh, pictures that I've done, like in a, a book, and tell the stories behind it. Uh, some of the pictures I did when I was on uh, a medical fast. And I was not allowed to have uh, coffee or a lot of other foods that I normally have. And so my system was in super bad withdrawal. So I actually had like a, a vomit bucket. <laughs> I was sitting there drawing and then I would throw up and then I would keep drawing or some of the, the pictures. I don't know if you guys are OK with me talking about this, if not edited out. Uh, some of the pictures were drawn in like an hour because of schedule changes and stuff like that. Um, and so there's some interesting stories that I'd like to share with people about how those came to be and the thought behind certain pictures. And there's little secret things hidden into some of the pictures that I can explain. So see, this yeah. is why this is why people need to be listening on something other than the fucking Apple podcast app. Cause I, I checked out the show again on the Apple podcast yeah. app the other day and they still haven't fucking changed it. To really? CBR. I thought they would. Yeah. It's supposed oh. to be coming. Supposedly, it's a glitch. Like I'm trying to arrange it. They've changed the way to display the show in the chat in the in the podcast app now. The the podcast directory or whatever. So I have I've been fucking stuck adjusting that for boxes that I accidentally clicked two years ago. And now we're displaying at the top. Oh, so I've, so I've been in there a lot, and I noticed that they still don't do the art. But you know what does do the mm. art is both the new app does the art really well it's okay. like the whole That's thing nice. is the art yeah. and you hit play and it's the backdrop yeah overcast does the art well eye catcher yeah. does the art well yeah those are the oh. top three if you're on ios and so nap so nap just to back back up a bit nap does our art every week it's unique for each episode mm-hmm. and yeah. amazing yes. yeah like a little book cover for yeah. every podcast yeah <laughs> so yeah. we really appreciate that nap i mean we know how much time yeah. it takes you so anyway, a lot of you guys are missing out on that. Like, I think the last time I checked, it's like fucking still like 68% of podcasts are listened to through the native podcast player. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you guys are missing out on the art. Get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overcast is free. It's yeah. true. The other thing I'd, I'd like to plug, if it's okay, yeah, is that sure. U- UMG. UMG just went live. The unaffiliated uh, broadcasting group uh, just went live. And uh, we are available on iTunes. We're available uh, online. You just click the links through Libsyn. Um, and yeah, it's just unaffiliated.ca. We have a Canadian server. And uh, there, there's a story behind that. <laughs> there is a story behind that, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so uh, we went live and there are uh, two podcasts up right now. One is a pod drama. Uh, it's going to be a nine episode season. This is the first episode of the season with uh, special guest star Cyrus Salisbury, um, who you may remember from the Randall Carlson podcast. <laughs> yeah. General asshole. And then, <laughs> we love Cyrus. And, yeah. And then um, there is also going to be uh, Graham and Darren came in on two episodes, actually, as my special guest stars. And so it, it's fun. It's a pod dramedy. We sort of take a lot of the Fortean uh, paranormal kind of stuff blend it in with sort of uh, political things and it's all meant in fun it's all just very silly and cute and not cute but it's it's very fun 
And uh, I, I hope that you guys will enjoy that. And then on a more serious note, I do a podcast called The Defeated, where I actually travel to reenactments or different historical sites. And I interview people there. And uh, we I, I try to explore the perspective of the defeated armies throughout history, the people who you're not going to learn about in the history books, what their motivations were, why they went to war. Uh, because going to war is a huge commitment. You just don't do it on the fly. You have to have real convictions and real. Yeah. And I want people to understand the motivations behind these. Not, not that we uh, condone what they did, but that the motivations that were driving them at the time and the reasons why they did it. And the first one is the civil war. Cause I feel like that's a real hot button issue right now. Um, that you have a lot of people uh, claiming sides very ferociously <laughs> and not really understanding the history behind it, the culture behind it, uh, people waving Confederate flags and claiming white power. And you're like, you know, if you look at the Confederacy and the system that was going on, that's a pretty stupid thing to attribute to it. Because, yes, black people were enslaved. They were seen as property. But these people were not saying somebody who went to the same school as me, someone who lives in my neighborhood, who works the same job is less because they're brown. They're saying that because they were raised in a culture, they were taught every day that this was the way things were. And their whole agriculture, uh, their whole trade system, which incorporated France and England, um, was based on this system. And so they were defending that. It wasn't about white supremacy necessarily. And then you have people on the other side uh, like at Piedmont Park, who tried to tear down a statue that was actually about a reconciliation between the North and the South. It uh, displays an angel begging a Confederate soldier to lay down their arms. It was put up in 1911, so 40-some uh, years, almost 50 years after the Civil War ended. Uh, and people were trying to tear it down because they're so ill-educated, and they didn't understand that you know you're tearing down something that's supposedly symbolizing what you stand for. And so I'm just like, we got, I got to get this out there. I was really on the fence about it. I was like, this is maybe too raw. I don't know if I want to do this. But then is that I said, the one I got that it. I've listened to? I think I've yeah. listened to more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great episode. Yeah, yeah that'll that's be great. really good. Really good. So yeah. people are going to love that. And then what, did you, did you learn anything that, uh, that you didn't realize? Like, was there any moments of kind of wow when you're researching that topic? Um, yeah, yeah. I think that there was, um, is when I was in school, uh, people were always, they really harp on the slavery issue. And absolutely, that was the reason why the South decided to secede. It was, there's no arguing about it. There, it's, it's why they wanted to secede. Because Lincoln would not allow slavery into the new forming Western states. And the South was like, you're killing off our way of life. Um, but one of the things I thought was so interesting uh, was in reading about how the Republican Party actually formed uh, with Lincoln. And a lot of it was because Buchanan, who is the president before Lincoln, um, he wanted to get the slavery issue had been back and forth. Uh, both France and England had already outlawed slavery. England in, uh, I believe, 1833, um, they had already outlawed slavery. Uh, it was very tongue in cheek for them to trade with the South because they knew what was going on, but they also wanted that cotton. Um, and Buchanan, knowing that this was a hot issue, he was a northerner with southern sympathies during the Dred Scott case where uh, Dred Scott 
uh, a man from Missouri uh, who had been free for many years, was trying to argue that him and his family should become citizens, should be free, should not ever have to worry about the risk of being captured and brought into slavery again. Buchanan swayed the judges so that uh, they would rule against Dred Scott and that they would actually declare that no slave brought into America could ever become an American citizen. And that made them property forever. And he was like, good, wash my hands of this. I'm all done. I'm out. <laughs> and, and the Republican Party actually formed in defiance against this, saying like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. How horrible. Um, and it's, it's that tide of unrest and anger that drove Lincoln into the office. And, uh, and Lincoln was kind of a frontiersman. He, he was a lawyer, but he was sort of seen as like a, a wild man and kind of like, oh, I don't know about this guy. Uh, people didn't really love him. And I don't talk about it in the podcast, but uh, he actually, he was really great at molding his character. He basically, uh, he grew the beard after he was uh, elected, and he claimed that it was because uh, people had been telling him for years, you're ugly as sin, grow a beard. But they'd been telling him for years, like, you know, grow, grow a beard. And he said, well, I got a letter from a young potential voter, a young future voter, and they said, uh, Mr. Lincoln, you should grow a beard because uh, I think you would look fine with one. And the ladies will tease their husbands to vote for you because they're fond of whiskers. And so... It's he was really good at that political play. And, and what's so interesting about him, he's a politician. He did great things, but he's still a politician. And just finding out about that stuff that was behind the scenes um, of the Civil War and all those interesting little tidbits, I was like, wow, that's really fascinating to me. Because you never think about there. It's not just a war and bad guys, good guys. There's so many other things that are filtering in. Uh, to any any kind of uprest like that. And it was so interesting to read about that and read about the political climate that just erupted, uh, creating this uh, unrest and this division of the union. Right on. Yeah, check yeah. it out. I, I, I've listened to most of that, I think, from the MAGA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. yeah, it's really well done. I think, I yeah. wonder if this still works. So what are you, okay, hang on. What are you doing? Maybe it doesn't work. So what what else do you have planned for that uh, that feed then, Nap? Um, I, I have an interview uh, that I've already done for somebody about uh, California's contribution into uh, the America U.S. Mexican War, and uh, I uh, I feel like the way that that's taught now. Um, I live in California and I have all my life, um, and we're not taught too much about the other side. Uh, we're taught about Mexico. And uh, it, it was basically an invasion of this country, but there were reasons behind it that I was never told of, like uh, the fact that there was both a Russian and an English settlement uh, in California, and Pio Pico was going to sell to England, and England had every intention of getting the American colonies back with England uh, by claiming this land, and it was going to be basically this competition, and you don't hear about that kind of stuff. You hear about, uh, you know, it was an invasion. It was terrible. And it absolutely was. Um, but there's all these other 
things are going on. And I interviewed uh, a, a man uh, down in Old Town. He works at Racine and Laramie Cigar Shop. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Larman, I think, is his name. I have his card here. Um, and I got a really good uh, interview with him. Um, yeah, Jeffrey E. Lawing. And I got a great interview with him. I'm really excited to put that together, get some footage for that and everything. Then I have, I really wanted to do the American Revolution from the British side because uh, that is one war I feel like people in America. Go Canada. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Well, also War of 1812, which you guys probably learn about in school, and I would say most Americans don't ever hear about that, is you guys know America tried to invade Canada multiple times? <laughs> we, we kept winning. <laughs> and um, But yeah, it's um, it, that is one war that I think, especially in America, they don't really teach it in England because it was just one of many colonies, and it was kind of like, all right, but... Um, they don't really teach it that way, but in America they teach it like, yeah, we're the victors and we're warriors and we're amazing. And it's like, you talk about patriotism, patriotism, a lot of it was fueled by smuggling, um, by these smugglers trying to wrangle the price of, of their smuggled goods against the, the legal goods that were coming in from England. Uh, they talk about taxation without representation. The taxation Equivalent now it would be about 1% of a person's regular income, uh, except for like Pennsylvania, uh, where it would have been about 30%, which is still dramatically low. And uh, it really wasn't the taxation, but they had a much different political structure and uh, that it was largely smugglers and who instigated this war, who instigated the unrest. Uh, Paul Revere published a lithograph in a newspaper article that was very much what we call fake news now is very much yellow journalism trying to sway people to hate the British and these British are monsters and and really telling a lie that started everybody on the path towards revolution. And it's really interesting to me uh, to delve into that part of history. So I, I'm hopefully going to be doing some cool stuff with that. Uh, it, it's a much slower podcast to put together. But uh, it's it should be fun. It should be educational. And and I think that's what we're lacking now is I think a lot of times in the educational system, people are are, uh, and not knocking it, but just saying, I think that you have a lot of teachers and a lot of uh, people in the pedagogic kind of society who are afraid to talk about uncomfortable subjects, who are afraid to look at things as multifaceted. And we need to, because if we don't make ourselves uncomfortable, if we don't reach and think about like, well, what is our enemy thinking? What's driving them for that? We can't understand our motivations and we can't understand how to relate and stop to them in any other way, but let's kill enough of them until they quit. So, yeah, <laughs> that's my bango. little rant. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. No, we're yeah. looking forward Next to hearing Next to the one where we burn down the White House. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if this still works. Let me see here. Find the truth. Destroy propaganda. Use broadcast media to inspire global free speech. Unaffiliated media group. See, are you guys still using that? <laughs> I I didn't use it in my podcast, but I can Son in future podcasts. Bitch. I know I'm <laughs> an asshole. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Time. People should check that out. We'll yeah. link to that in the show. Yeah, notes. for sure. And yeah, you should make sure you come, make sure you push us because, you know, it's, uh, 
we're procrastinators here too. Push us to come back on when you get new episodes out and stuff. We'll yeah, talk yeah. About yeah. yeah. Rate that. Oh. Rate it for them too. Rate yeah. that. When you're there downloading it, rate it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Rate us. Give us a review. Even negative reviews, even if you think it's the biggest pile of crap that you've ever heard, it helps me direct where I take things in the future. Nah. Here's know? a new challenge. Since none of you guys ever want to leave reviews, Let's see who can leave the nastiest one star review for us. Yes, please. Yeah. For please. us. No, not for you now. For us. No, no, oh, okay. no, no, don't. That's not good. Hey, the last guy that left us one star, change it to five star, and he's a friend of the show now. That's right. Because oh, I know if people leave a one star ground, we'll make it like he's a coming personal on. mission. He's coming on for the black, but no, we Change didn't. his mind. No, we didn't do it. No, it was. It was just organic. Yeah. So, hey, I got. Uh, no, 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 no. So I got, leave me, oh. me first. There you go. I don't know what jingle to use. Okay, let me go. What'd you, what'd you, okay, what'd I you? have uh, I have news from Cloudhead Games. My sister's uh, working for that uh, VR developer. We had Danny. Another edition of Prime American Goodies by the people. the people. Pardon the interruption. The jiggle. <clears throat> we had Denny on, who's uh, the would you, CEO, uh, creator, creative director. And they had the first episode out, and their second episode is out. Episode two, Heart of the Emberstone. So we're recording today on Wednesday, October 18th, and it's out today. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to, to them. They, they're the little independent studio on Vancouver Island working their butts off for over a year on this next episode. It's called The Gallery, Episode Two, Heart of the Emberstone. Did I just say that? I think so. Anyways, no, you didn't just say that. Says, no. uh, so a couple, a couple of reviews, like right off the bat today, one of the best VR titles out there, AAA quality, epic locations. Um, well worth the wait. Graphics and gameplay are superb, superb. Definitely the best game for VR. And then I cannot believe how polished this is. It's honestly incredible. The graphics, the physics, the sound, everything is just absolutely incredible. Well done. This is a AAA VR game. If you've ever seen one before, it is so far beyond any other VR game on Steam. And I really mean that. You need to buy this game. The devs put a lot of passion into it. I can't wait to see what happens next. I've barely scratched the surface. Also, there are so many options. Yes, you can walk if you want, or you can teleport or customize how you do that. This is a fantastic piece of art. I'm blown away. Bravo. So, yeah, big congratulations to Cloudhead for uh, for this release. There you have it. And for those who want to check it out, that was episode 123. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll next put, time, actually, try I'll put not a link. to interrupt the... Uh, jingle yeah yeah okay i'll uh i'll put it i'll put a note in the show notes uh for this uh for that episode and for cloudhead as well we know what we need you know what jingle we need we need a p.o box jingle yes that's a good one yeah we got to keep an ongoing list of jingles we need what should I use? Because yeah, that? it's fun to get. I go to the p.o box every once in a while. It's fun to get a postcard or something like that. So yeah, Darren's gonna maybe this will work. Oh, that fucking jingle doesn't work. <laughs> bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America newsletter. Bingo, bingo. There we go. We got a. We got a nice. Uh, Thank you card from our buddy Nikki the Dude. Uh, first winner of the Money Bomb, the short-lived Money Bomb. <laughs> it's only around for a couple of months. 
But Nikki won it, and I remember we thought he was a girl. He was a guy. So ever yeah. since that, we've called him Nikki the Dude. Anyway, he sent us a nice card here. It says some people just seem to have a. Sp-. He didn't write this, just for the record. That's that's like this is the what's on the card. Yeah. Some people just seem to have a special gift for sharing their hearts in the most amazing ways. For them, it's never about being noticed for their acts of kindness. It's simply a reflection of the generous spirit that guides them in everything they do. Thank you. I hope the Equinox brings y'all excellent stuff. Keep on talking. Nikki B. Aw, and he sent a donation, too. Thanks for uh, throwing some greenbacks in there. And uh, I dropped the other one on the floor, so just give me a sec. (laughs) I can't see Darren. He's in his his hunting, his camouflage uh, pajamas. This is not, oh, this nice. is tied out. Hunting pajamas. <laughs> I got it at the hippie shop. In it like, well, you start, you're starting to hunt now. And I thought maybe that was your new overnight hunting gear. Like, Come on, man. Making yourself look it silly. It looks like tie dye camel. It looks more like camel than tie dye. It's perfect, though. I'll use it for hunting. Are you going to have a first kill ceremony after you. Uh... <laughs> Probably, yeah. Smoke yeah, peace, very cool. Smoke peace uh-huh. pipe. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to kill first? Probably partridge. Really? Yeah. So if I see something else, I'll fucking kill it. Like what? Like a dude? I just found out there's a waiting period. Probably have to wait like two weeks, three weeks. Who knows? Oh, and that's when you get your they get your call or whatever, and then you go. You're allowed to go. No, I'm gonna go hunting this weekend anyway with Joe. I just can't buy a gun. You could borrow one of his, though, right? That's right. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fine. Yeah, just go down to the states. There's lots of guns for sale down there. <laughs> just yeah, go to your normal should, corner store, boom, and get boom. some beer and a gun, and run to Bonas Ferry, buy a fucking AK, <laughs> and come back. Now, if you do ever want to try black powder hunting, I know that black powder guns. There's different regulations for sending them across the border and stuff like that because they're considered antiques rather than weapons. What but, am I going to uh, hunt you, with that? A black powder gun. Uh, Ground, <laughs> short range ground kind of things. Things um, I could get real can... close to, like rabbits. Or... I was going to say, you want to hunt some rabbits. Like close to a rabbit. The goose. Be careful I mean, there's rabbits. literally geese like fucking 50 feet, 50 yards from here that we could probably yeah. just go kick in the head. Yeah. But they're all That's night. I can hear them just, rah, rah, rah. why would you? Because they're delicious. Oh, as long as you eat it's it. It's like wild turkey. Yeah. You but know, not goose, when the I've cooked it before, just sets been off the fire alarm. Dump. Huh. Because of all the fat. Ooh, very fatty. Ooh, I like fat. Yeah, they're they're very fatty, so be careful when you cook it because there's a lot of smoke from the, the grease and the fat. If you don't and, know. Uh, so just <laughs> unplug your fire alarms. You know, I've been meaning that. to do a fucking episode with some recipes. There a you go. A soup, maybe. A pancakes. <clears throat> we'll do it for the Black Budget app. Okay, I'll stay at home for that one. What do you mean you'll stay at home? You can't stay at home. <laughs> And it was a nice jackpot at the P.O. box this time, eh? We get nothing yeah. for like well, six months. Well, some of those have been accumulated. Letters. Some of those have been sitting oh, in my they? bag for a while. We got this one. Uh, this one's from uh, Zaya. I'll leave it at Zaya W. Uh, Darren and Graham found you guys recently on the Tinfoil Hat podcast and was instantly hooked. Your jingles are amazing and your entire vibe infectious. There's something about the chemistry between you two that is ineffable in the best way. Thank you so much for everything. Keep it up. Value for value, gentlemen. Much love. Thank you. Thanks. And he sent, yeah, Thanks, he, sent, he sent some greenbacks as well. Yeah. So it's valuable in Canada. And this, 
uh, this guy, he's, he's, uh, this was a little test. And he says, did you get that postcard? It was a test. So perfect. Yeah. I think I know exactly <laughs> what he means. Okay. Go ahead. Now that I figured out the rules a little better, I'm a little less concerned about that. So okay, good. Feel free to send samples to the P.O. box. <laughs> Medicine. Med- medicinal samples. <laughs> um, okay, we got... This is from... Actually, I'm not going to say who it's from. I'm going to read it out. We'll see how I do at the end. Uh, from Amsterdam. Sent on September 7th. So that's not bad. It took, what, about a month to get here? No, it was in my bag for about three weeks or a month. Couldn't have been in your bag for a month. I guess yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it was so sort of here that Oh, oh. Oh, maybe not that long. Anyway, howdy, Graham and Darren. I've been listening to the No Agenda show since March of this year, and in the beginning of June, I listened to one of their Sunday episodes via the live stream. Right after their show, another show began, and little did I know that I was being initiated into the cult of one of the greatest podcasts in the history of mankind. That's awful nice thing to say. holy shit. Of all... The other shows and podcasts I listen to, I think yours has the most resemblance to the higher side chats when it comes to the covered topics. Although I really like Greg Carlwood's show, Greg's a friend of our show as well, one thing it doesn't have is more than a half hour of phenomenal banter at the beginning of the show. I totally dig the relaxed relaxed atmosphere and the good vibes that the two of you create in every episode. I'm I'm a monthly subscriber, but... 333 that's $3.33 is far less than you guys deserve due to due to mononucleosis man I'm gramming it up over here due, due due to mononucleosis I haven't been able to work for quite some time now as soon as I've recovered and found a new job I will adjust my contribution I didn't send you this card to read on your show no. <laughs> too bad <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, you, you can say Amsterdam sent it. My real name is Dick Schutt. But since Dick means penis in North America, and you won't be able to pronounce Schutt without completely butchering it, I suggest you use my nickname. Love and greetings from Amsterdam. And he's in the chats too, I think. Yeah, I wonder how Very I did. Cool. You wonder what? I wonder how I did. You did fine. You think so? Yeah. That's the only reason I try. I, once he said I'd butcher it, I had to try. So let's <laughs> let's keep let's keep on that vein. I got an email here about the black budget uh, episode, about the black budget feed. I mean, and supporting our show. Can I go ahead with that? Yeah, man. You want, you waiting for something? So uh, what is it? Oh no! Did you need me to buy you some time? Yeah. No, this is good. Okay, so hi, Darren. Episode 244 with Brian Sovereign was really good. The cryptocurrency segment was really interesting. I nearly laughed my virtual nuts off while listening to the robot sex segment. Have you heard that one, Nap? <laughs> I haven't, but I'm, I'm a big fan of robosexuality. I figured you might be, so. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Please thank Graham for me on reading out my five-star review, and I'm glad you got the mushroom reference. Anyway, it saddens me to report that I've discovered a minor flaw affecting all subscribers regarding the black budget bonus material link. Uh-oh. Yeah. And this flaw has left me in a real bind. When I first got my email with the bonus material, I added the link to my bookmarks and then deleted the email, as I'm sure many listeners do. Unfortunate for me, I broke my Android phone 
and went back to using my old iPhone. I'm now devoid of all my Android bookmarks. Let it be a well, lesson. We better donate again. <laughs> Let it be a lesson <laughs> to to all Great American subscribers. When you receive your email with the Black Budget bonus link, save that email. Keep it somewhere safe, somewhere special. Even send a copy to your mum. Because, like me, you'll have to risk Darren's displeasure and his wrath. Well, and I'll, I will add, personally, his procrastination. And don't send me the email because he doesn't read my emails. So just send it directly to Darren at GrandAmerica.com. You, my Grammarican friends, will have to ask him really nicely for another email to be sent to you containing that precious link. So, Darren, as you read this warning out, I hope, I shall be on my knees with my hands stretched out in supplication, my arms trembling in fear. I will be praying to the angelic powers to intercede on my behalf, that they might help influence the great mighty Darren to show me mercy and grant me my heart's desire, a fresh link to the bonus material, and perhaps a Grammarica sticker. Or two. No to both. Please. Okay, fine. In, your, in service to your cause from Deep Thought, the UK Posse. Yeah, I sent, I sent him the link right away. But I didn't read down past to the sticker part. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, I'll send him some stickers. I have the postcards and everything. In the, I have the stamps and everything in the studio to make it. I got all that in the studio, so I would not procrastinate anymore. So you want to do nice. a little, little, do so a little I've just spiel got then? Sitting here, ready to go. What kind of spiel? Do you well, want the to black do? budget spiel. So the only the the best way to support the show Business. and to get this extra content that we release in the black budget support feed is to donate any amount, any monthly, any one time amount, and Darren will manually send you a link for the. Yeah. Uh, By the way, that. I think I owe some links. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> and feel free to follow up if you don't get an answer. <laughs> just like yesterday, I don't think I did yesterday. But, but that's the best way for us to do it right now. It's um, it's not an automatic thing, but, uh, you know, it's the best way to support the show and keep it going. Yeah, that's right. It helps out a lot. So check out America.ca support if you can and join the, the tens of people that have chosen to support the show. Um, there's sign up for a monthly there. There's everything from a buck a month, uh, which is about works out to about 20 to 25 cents an episode, uh, right up to 30 bucks a month, which is like, Eight bucks a show. Um, and I think the most popular is five bucks a month, which is like a buck a show, which is fabulous. Works out great. Um, big thank you to people that do support the show. Of course, like Graham said, you get the extra content then. Uh, like sign up for monthly if you can. That really is works out the best. Uh, if you can't do that, you can do a one-time donation. That'll get you access just as well. And if you can't afford to do that, there's a bunch of stuff in the show notes. I'm going to sneeze. you. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. There's a bunch of stuff in the show notes that doesn't cost any money at all. We're like reviewing the show. Sharing the show, signing people up for the newsletter, all that. If you if you show me you do all that stuff and you can't afford to support the show, I'll send you the link anyway. You can connect and spread this stuff on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's a good way to help. Oh, yeah, that helps out too. Or Reddit or wherever you guys hang out these days. Wherever you can share us, if you can share us, it helps because we have no marketing and no money. Do you want me to read this other email that uh, we had a little synchronicity about before the well, show? Well, I did want to say that we've got, like, uh, our buddy Amsterdam here that's not even working, and he's sick with mononucleosis, nucleosis, and mm -hmm. he's still supporting the show. So I wanted to send him quick some good vibes to get him better. So that means you should all... Send him out good vibes. Goodbye.
that's a good one. I like that. It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. We could send out good Very vibes. Very nice. Yeah. Now, if just, Amsterdam can support the show, you should that. all be ashamed of yourselves for not doing the same. <laughs> Can't yeah. you reach into your heart and support the fine podcasting that you get from Gramerica? You know, I know this is a bunch of downloads on the Black Budget feed the other day, too. That's why I had that spiel in the fucking Black Budget app. I was like, <laughs> some of you guys are getting this someplace. I can't track it down, but someone's stealing it. So. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it's too hard to trace. Who cares, really? How do you know that, though? I don't know. I just get, like, random spike of, like, 120 downloads on, like, a Tuesday when we haven't released anything in a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, oh, okay. <laughs> and there's, like... Yeah. There's only a hundred people signed up for the black budget support feed. Yeah. So. yeah. It's not hard to be like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> a few times. Cause I found it in a few spots. Like every once in a while I'll Google it and it'll pop up. Like I found it on like pod Bay and oh, Castro wow. and Castbox, oh, And then just email them. And I'm like, cause I think what it is, is as soon as somebody enters a podcast into their system, it's set up in such a way that, so if you're on like Player FM or Castbox or any of these FMs, if it has FM in it, fucking please download something else before you fucking put in the URL. As soon as you do that, it like pops it into their library, and then people are finding it. Oh, I mean, it's not a big deal. I see, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, but it's yeah. not fair to the people that are supporting the show to get it. So yeah. then I email them, and it takes like a week, and they eventually take it down. Yeah. I mean, eventually one day it'd be cool to have an app that could integrate all that, but that's not an option anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Should download the app though, because then you'll get to see the art. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I should read this email because uh, this email was up on my screen and Darren was asking me about, didn't some guy email? I was looking through your, when, how did you see it? You were looking through my computer. So when I was going to copy, I was trying to copy uh... your fucking emails on it. Actually, I think that's when I downloaded them and, Put them on the hard drive, and they've been sitting on the MAGA ever since. Okay. And then uh, I had it up on my screen. So this is from Dr. Dave. Dr. D. He says, hi, Graham and Darren. Um, And this is uh, titled Gratitude, where gratitude is due. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to the both of you for unknowingly helping me finish my PhD in biochemistry. I listened to the whole back catalog of Grimerica late at night and into the early hours of the morning while doing my experiments. I've attached my complete thesis. Feel free to read it if you like. It's a bit full on, but I do highly suggest you have a look at the acknowledgement section where you will find an official thank you. I didn't know the academic world would go if I, what did you say? I didn't know how the academic world would go if I specifically put Gry America in there. I really wanted to though. So I had to settle for something a little more subtle. Page 23 or page 26 depending on how you look at it best wishes to you both you have both played a massive part in my life for the past few years apologies for the small donations i've passed on i'm time rich but cash poor as a student Mm. by the way i haven't looked into him in the past few months but a good person to interview would be michael tellinger he has two mainstreams of interest fucking up the banking cartel and strange south african stone circles which are very very old and unexplained there's lots of YouTubes, and I'll try to send through a link and a decent video with him in some stage. The best thing is the guy like you two, down to earth, the people person. Cheers. Keep up the great, inspiring work. So what's on page 23? Dave, now, Dr. Dave. What's on page 23? Acknowledgements to us in his PhD thesis. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. Oh, I thought he had something, hidden something in there. Well, it is hidden. He didn't say Grimerica. He probably mentioned like Darren Graham from Canada or something like that. 
But isn't it attached? <clears throat> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to look at it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you kill a couple seconds? <laughs> That's a long, long more thesis. seconds. Kill more seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. That's what she said. Oh, see, without knowing it, I would li- also like to thank those who have kept me sane without necessarily knowing it. The Canadians, Darren and Graham, and the scholar Chris, PhD. So that's Chris Ryan. Oh yeah, probably yeah. 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 Oh, that's quite fucking honorable company. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dr. Dave. Good luck in your new venture. Of being a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> or PhD. Doctorate? He says doctor, so he's got a PhD yeah. and he calls himself a doctor. You can if you want. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on what kind of work he's doing. It's biochemistry, uh, you, you can do that without a medical degree necessarily. Can you write prescriptions? Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. We have a huge biochemistry industry in San Diego and it's pretty wide in what you can work in, but, uh, any, anything that, you know, biology as affected by the introduction of different chemicals and such is going to fall into the biochemistry (laughs) rainbow. Well, if you do have a prescription book, just send one over. (laughs) 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 There you go. Send it to the PO bar. (laughs) Just write out a fake prescription for us and we'll just keep it in the studio. <laughs> Some good vibes. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Nap. All right. Uh, take care, guys. Uh, thanks have for fun. all the great art. For, uh, hey, no like, worries. It's been like, I think we started doing the art like a hundred and some episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Years, like, the the first one years. that I, yeah. First one that I ever did was uh, the, the mafia, the pop ma- marijuana mafia. Actually, so was that like 120 something? Yeah, it was uh, it was well before the elections. It was when Bush was still in the running. Um, the the uh, Jeb Bush oh, yeah, was still in the running. Bush run. was going to win. Oh, that's that's right. Right. Yeah, yeah. He said that Jeb Bush was going to win because there was uh, people were pulling the strings, and so it's it's an interesting listen. That's the we first one I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. Well, thanks, Nap. All right, take care. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, everyone else, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with our lazy ramblings. Maybe you skipped ahead, then you missed out. And enjoy this episode. Enjoy the chat.
right, this will be an interesting one. Tonight we've got Alex Polinski here, and he's the creator and founder of Avatarism.net, and I think he's involved with Happy Spaceship at all. We'll have to ask him about that. He's a third-generation actor. He's been in some films and TV commercials and shows and shit like that, and he's written some music, <laughs> and he's produced a movie. Like, he's into all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, guys. Hey, Grimerica. What's up, dudes? <laughs> We are the uh, the Canadian guys with the American sounding podcast name. Usually yeah, we got... get uh, what is it? Not Bill and Ted. The other two oh, fucking guys. Yeah, Rick and Who? Bobby. No, no I can't Bob remember. and Doug McKenzie. Bob and Doug. <laughs> oh yeah, that's old school. Yeah, that's the totally old school. Yeah, the kids won't know who the fuck that is. No, Darren doesn't even know who that is. I, I don't hardly know who the fuck that is, but I but I remember I remember like uh, like those fuzzy muff hats. I think and beer. Some beers. You guys really sound Canadian. It's awesome. Very, very, very exotic. Oh, uh, yeah. Very exotic. I know. I, I sound like a stoner and I don't even partake and I try not to sound like one, but it just doesn't even, it doesn't even work. You can make money off that, you know, in voiceover. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's not. That's you do the bit Ooh, of voiceover. I should get right? into voiceover. You think yeah, I could make it, any I'm money bad. in voiceover? Yeah, I've been doing voiceover for the last 20 years or so. Teen Titans, Ben 10, Minions, Krampus. Uh, oh, my God. Right, right, now, right now, I'm in a great show on Amazon called Lost in Oz. It's like a, a, a modern-ish remake of, uh, of uh, The Wizard of Oz. Great. On Amazon Prime, if you guys got it, binge it. Wow. Your logo is super, uh, I don't know, it seems like. The logo for what? Uh, Avatarism, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Avatarism is this... this game philosophy weird awesome thing i can kind of been working on for my whole life sparked by a conversation that i had with the uh, jim henson years ago wow. um, when i was a, when i was a kid i got to meet him when i was seven and he told me this really cool thing i'll tell you later on in the podcast or maybe we'll save that for another one but yeah i had this crazy idea about about creating creating characters you know the muppets really turned me on and uh, and uh, superheroes really m- m- turned me on i'd leave a superhero movie like all like crazy and feeling like i was spider-man or batman for days and i wondered you know like what what is this what is this drugs you know and i'd never tried drugs before but it was the closest thing to like a psychedelic experience i think that's true for a lot of people you know they leave these intense uh, entertainments like video games and they they kind of like it's like whoa what the hell happened you know that was 12 hours but that was three hours of the most intense action and or whether it's like you know you read a book or Yes, there's somebody from history who is like an avatar to you, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's like, you know, that you have this mixture of characters and mythologies inside you. Kind of a Joseph Campbell, like uh, a hero with a thousand faces kind of thing. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we all created our characters like we do D&D characters or characters like RPGs? And then we kind of turned inwards and we're like, let's fucking make that a game and up level in actual real world ways and kind of uphold each other. And then through that we all kind of create our own self-created self-help so we don't fall prey to like stupid cults or religions that don't mean anything anymore. And what we really want to do is play games, all of us. So I just decided, hey, fuck it. Let's let's do this thing. And I started researching. It was crazy. I found out that there are still places in the world where like avatarism is the thing. Like in Nepal, they make a little girl uh, a living goddess till from the time she's two years old to the time she's 13 years old. And then the shit wears off. She go to the mall and be a real kid. But wow. during that during that time, she her feet can't touch the floor. She has all her meals brought to her and everybody in the town comes in 
prays to her, right? It's crazy. And so you see, and then she goes back to being a real person. So you're like, what is going on? Like, how do we as human beings keep creating this celebrities or, or you know, part-time gods or, uh, you know, our cult leaders or, or you know, what, what is this? Why are actors paid the most out of anybody when all they're doing is trying to act normal, hmm. right? Or try to act su- super normal, like super, superhuman. And that's what we all want to see and that's what we all want to be. So I said, fuck it, let's take the power away from the movies and away from the religions and the cults and give each one of us the power to make like a personally created mythology, completely unique, doesn't allow for anyone to be like the centralized cult leader because everybody's the cult leader of their own shit. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I was thinking about, you know, you coming on the show and I was thinking back to, I was reading your blog and your, um, you know, your character, your avatar character sheet and all, and it brought me back to like, I was a and d guy. Like we used to Hell yeah. play Dungeons and Dragons and we, like you were just talking about being swept away in that, you know, like we used to play all night and we'd be excited to play and we'd be into these characters and into these scenes. And like, and that was a way that we sort of like, it was a healthy way for us to totally use our imagination and even like skills and stuff and, you know, writing and creativity and all that kind of stuff. And in this, and you know, and we had these avatars and then what I think you've, you've done with that is take it to like more of a, more of an adult thing where you can actually use it as a spiritual growth or like personal development tool. Yeah, nobody wants to be bored and depressed and like get get sad by by doing self help. They're trying to up level. I think self help is one of the most boring, scary phrases ever. They just mm-hmm. get rid of it. Like, I want to up level. I want to play. I want to. I want to pray on my feet. I want to. I want to. I want to become a warrior, poet, Muppet, Jedi. Listen, they just let servicemen in the U.S. start putting the hammer of Thor on their gravestones. And that's a huge thing because before Thor was said to be a mythological character in the eyes of the US uh, military. And and so he wasn't eligible to be on the gravestones of, of service people. But now they allow the hammer of Thor because so many service people were saying, hey, you know, who's my God? It's not this one, it's not that one, it's the God of War, it's Thor. Wow. And we wanted, to, we wanted to honor them for their personal fucking mythology. And I think finally, you know, even with all the crazy stuff that's happening and that our trans brothers and sisters are coming out and being like, we're actually here. This is a thing. And like, okay, so what's the next step is like honoring people for like, you're a fucking Jedi. I want the Re- the rebel Alliance insignia on my gravestone. If I'm a service person, cause I've more than anything, I've identified with, with star Wars my whole life. And more than anything, that is my spirituality. Nothing else it fits more than that. And I think going into the future, like we should be able to honor people for whatever they are. You know, my grandmother, when she was dying, said, where am I going? And we said, we don't know. What do you think? She says, I think I'm going to see the fairies. <laughs> and I, and, and I agreed with her and I said, no, nobody's going to take that away from you. You know, if you, if you believe in the fairies, you're going to the fairies. And I, and I sincerely believe she's with them and, and I hope she is. And I hope, Hey, I can go there too. It sounds like fun. Um, and, and we can do that. I just want to, you know, I just want to be one of those shining lights in the dark saying, Hey, it's all make believe. Let's honor people for their personal mythology. Finally. God yeah. Damn. Why not? Yeah. Instead of pigeonhole them into some sort of category, they don't want to be in like, let them, let pursuit them out. of happiness, bitches, pursuit of happiness, bitches. Let's do it. This makes people happy. Let's just do it. So how do you help people? How do you help people? Like with, if you go through this character sheet in this development, mm-hmm. like how do you figure out like, cause I've like, let's say, I mean, let's use a, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here, but let's, 
talk about going to festivals, for example, and, you know, and everybody's all dressed, all this crazy shit. And like, let's say for somebody like me, a little bit older, but I still like the music. I still like to go to a festival. What do I do? Like, how do I, I feel yeah. uncomfortable? Like, how do I oh, create an avatar for myself where I go there and I'm like in comfort and confident and in that where, you know what I mean? Where it like it yeah. fits me and I'm not trying to be somebody else or I'm not trying to pretend or I'm not trying to just fit in or not fit in or whatever the case may be for that. Oh man, I love going to festivals. I feel like my second home is at festivals because we're all locked in these little homes and apartments and things in our real life. And and then we go to a, an outdoor event or we go to a multi-day festival or a camping festival or a psychedelic festival, you know, one of these things, Burning Man out here in, in the West Coast, you know, lightning in a bottle, you guys probably have your own. And what and what you see is this, is this amazing freedom of action. You know, your people are embodying things that maybe they haven't ever embodied before. Maybe they're going without so many clothes, you know, maybe they're going in strange costumes, maybe they're wearing some makeup, maybe they're just wearing a t-shirt, you know, that's a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, funny or, or, uh, you know, just something a little strange that they normally wouldn't do. And so for what, how I like to look at it is, okay, look, if you are doing your avatarism, if you're trying to come up with your character, whatever that is, or whatever grouping or, you know, mishmash, uh, uh, you know, uh, of characters, it is fine. You're out there. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna be accepted um, for whatever you try to embody. It might be a little bit uh, uh, uncomfortable, but that's what I think we should look for. And I've learned through the years working with people in avatarism is that if you look for the thing that makes you excited and uncomfortable, both of them together. So if you see the outfit in being sold in the thing, and maybe it's a little expensive or whatever, just weigh the weigh the outcome. Like if you put it on, you know, and it makes you feel awesome. You know, it's worth it. Okay. You might spend a little money, but you know, like you can have one of these things. You know, you don't need, only need one costume for a while. And I know there's a lot of like festival ego with these people and you see them and it looks like you couldn't possibly look that good. But avatarism is, is a great way to, to come into that because look, you can download the, the character sheet at avatarism.net. It's a free PDF. We're working on a, a really awesome book and a, and a kind of a more detailed way of expressing it. But here's, here's, here's the answer to the, that problem that you told me is that you don't want to be in. Well, let's just say you don't want to feel inauthentic because everything's fucking inauthentic until you do it for a little while. Yeah. Right. Uh, <clears throat> everything's, you know, it's only kinky the first time. Um, <laughs> and, and so, so what we find is, is if we can push ourselves just to try it, there's something magical happens. We get out of our comfort zone and the avatarism of the outfit takes over. You know, you've ever worn like a really incredible costume in Halloween, you feel different. Or like you were saying, we created these characters, you know, in D and D and we felt the thrill. And I'm talking like a real thrill, like fucking hair standing up on the back of your neck, creating that character, watching it do something, feeling the thrill or the excitement or the devastation of getting killed and thrown out of the fucking game. And you come out on the other side different. You have some different skills. You have, you've been through something. It might've been a, a, a game, but you still, you, you, you had this sort of like heroic, um, circuit of, of, of creativity and, and belief. And you were there with other people and it was, it, you know, okay. So, roundabout way of saying this the character kind of has to come first it's like who are you embodying you look at the character sheet and you kind of look at yourself in this whole new way as a collection of 
memories and a collection of influences of famous people, of cartoon characters, of TV shows, of books, you know, maybe of sacred symbols, maybe of secret religions, maybe of, of, of secret teachings, maybe things you've collected, maybe just your grandmother's wisdom and a whole host of other hmm. magics, magics and skills. And you look at all that, you look, you finally look at that. Like maybe I, I would say that maybe 99.9% of the people have never like diagrammed out their magical character as they see themselves. And some people say, well, I don't have a magical character. You know, I'm all, I'm all this. And, and I say, well, yeah, well, that's your magic. The fact is that you're a nihilist and you believe in nothing and you're going to go around and you're going to be right about it. And you're going to be that one who reminds us that maybe everything is nothing. And you're a superhero now because you're actually doing the great work of the universe, you know, uh, uh, embodying that archetype. And so actually you're not a nihilist. You're being a superhero nihilist. And so that's actually something. So you can't really believe in nothing. Anyway, I, I, I love, I love refuting that because I've had people come to me and like pay me for avatarism coaching, you know, help them change their character, executives and, and normal people, actors and, 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 and a couple people have come to me and say, okay, nothing, it, nothing means nothing. It's all meaningless. Now build a character for me. And I said, you've already got it. You're already winning. You've won me over. Everything's meaningless. <laughs> and they, and to, to be honest, they leave happy, and, I, and I'm so happy about that. So, so, so here's the deal: is like you want to create a character that that is magnetic, that speaks to people, that uh, that people like remember you. And you know, it's your fault if they don't remember you, right? It's your fault. So we've got to create a character that is uh, is engaging, not overbearing. It has something to say that has a gift ingrained into it. So when you look at all of your influences on the character sheet. I think what you're going to find is you're going to find some sort of directive. It may come in a minute or may come in a week, but but look at this character sheet. Look at look at your design that you've been working on for yourself over your whole life. And you're going to see some expertise. You know, for you guys it may be we're performers and we just wanted to figure out a way to to talk about the things that we like and interact with people and be social and you guys learned how to do it in a really sp- spectacular way, you know? Um, and other people will learn from that. And some people will just be fans of yours and other people will get inspired by you. And that's the whole purpose of avatarism is this ancient thing. Now, avatara or avatar is an ancient word from the from the Hindu culture. And it, and it means gods inhabiting human bodies or it means humans acting like gods or humans that have godlike qualities. Any, any one of those, uh, those fits. And so, and I don't mean that you are going to become God, capital G-O-D. It means you're just going to feel more like that feeling that you left the movie feeling when you were a kid and you thought it might be possible and you want to get that back. And this is, there's a hundred ways to get it back, but I think this is one of the healthiest. (laughs) Almost Uh more like, almost more like resonating with your, your higher self or something. I mean, you could almost think of it in spiritual terms like that, like embodying, embodying your higher self or your soul, like your soul's purpose, that kind of thing, putting that into some sort of action. But how do you, how do you figure it out though? Like what if you're, Trying to figure this out, like it's it's a bit overwhelming. You're like, I don't know what I'm interested in. I'm interested in all these things, or I want to be all these things. Like, how is there like a meditation or some sort of like tool you can yeah. use to to get in there to get inside? Because it's it's a bit hard to f- even figure that out. I think. Yeah, I think you should just look for what excites you. And like I said, there's that there's that that those two things is like what excites you and makes you interested, but what also makes you a little bit trepidatious. And this is stuff about your character, thinking about what you might want to be. There's a great story about my friend, Dan, uh, burning Dan. You can Google his name. He was a great fire spinner and, 
and a brother to actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and and Dan was one of my best friends, and he was a computer programmer and did some great work for his brother designing a, a website called hitrecord.org, collaborative art website. Very very big, very big success, wonderful thing. And Dan Dan was very much a nerd and and a and a and a code jockey and a computer gamer and a and a and a and a gamer and and was very sort of normy. And uh, and one day he went to a, a vintage store with two girls, which is you know fun. And they said, Dan, you should try on this pink and uh, green zoot suit. And he went, Hell no, I would never do that. And then they all left, and then he went back after they were gone. <laughs> and then he tried it on, and he looked at it, and he, you know, he bought it. And then he spent the next few months, I guess, or a year, at going to parties in this pink and and green zip, striped zoot suit. And people started calling him Watermelon Dan. And he realized that if he had a character, that his whole life as a sort of introvert, as a little bit of a nerdy person who maybe has trouble in social situations, all of that became easier. Not perfect, but so much easier, so much so that he got addicted to it. And he said, wow, this this is peacocking. This is this is showing up as as a gift. And now it might be that you're sort of hiding in an outfit and maybe that's the watchword. Like if you go to a party and you have the American flag t-shirt, American flag pants, and it's you know, not ironic. You know, you're just being a flag. You know, not much to talk about there. But maybe, maybe not so. Maybe you're very patriotic, and maybe that's your avatarism. I don't want to knock anybody. Go be a flag, man. Or maybe you're kneeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and so, so this is so when you go out to festivals and you want to figure out like what your character is, and you think maybe it's going to be hard because you just, you just, you just don't know. Sure, maybe you should meditate. You should quiet your mind and and ask it in the sweetest possible way, kind of like a grandfather or a sweet elder or like maybe somebody talking to their dog that they really like, you know, good boy, just tell me, just tell me what you want to do, you know, make it really easy for yourself. And if it's ridiculous, like some of my shit was ridiculous, dude. It's like I wanted to be an action figure and I was working at a toy design studio trying to get my avatarism done so I could you know, get my, make myself into an action figure. Cause I love toys and collecting toys. And I love that stuff. So I became a toy designer, came, became a toy maker for like five years. And it was all with this crazy kind of quasi psychedelic wish that I was going to be able to design myself as an action figure. And I, and I was almost there when my good friend, Jason Marsden, who's an amazing actor, from Miyazaki film spirited away. And tons of tv shows he comes and visits me in my little toy shop and he says you got to get back into acting man what are you doing here <laughs> toy shop with all the plastic dust what are you doing and i said oh i'm uh and this was a few years before before i i had come up with avatarism and then i realized it was a thing that had already been around and i said oh, i'm making myself into an action figure and he says you know you can do that a lot faster when you go back to being an actor and i was like wow that's a great idea <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. And so I went back, and within about two or two and a half years, um, after being on the Starship Troopers Roughneck Chronicles as the narrator and one of the main characters, and then getting 
getting Teen Titans and uh, and Ben 10, I was finally an action figure. And I, and then I got an amazing action figure from Transformers Animated. So I, like, I got to do it faster because I, I sort of went with the more dangerous thing. And to be honest, I was scared to get back into acting for a moment. You know, it's a lot of rejection. And, 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 and I'm an artist in 10, 20 different ways. And so I'm happy if I'm working with my hands, happy if I'm making music. You know, I just got a song right now that's getting released by Axe Tone Records. Uh, it's like DJ Axwell, this big time DJ's label. So like I do things pretty well. I don't want to brag, but like I do art well. I don't do math well. I don't do clean the house very well. Um, and my dog literally has to remind me to feed him every night. So like I do. Yeah, I'm not good at everything, but those things I can say I'm good at. And I can and I owe a lot of that to avatarism because I believed in this one thing that if you can get close to the things that you love, if you can get close to your heroes, if you can get close to the feeling of being like your heroes and not fanboy and fangirl for your whole life and really get close to them, it's called darshan. It's an ancient word. It's that thing when you wanted a guru and you found him and then you didn't talk. You just sat on a hillside laughing and then you went home and you're like, I spent $3,000 going to India. I laughed with some old fat guy on a hill. Then I came home. We didn't even say anything, but I feel great. <laughs> and you're like, that, that story is all over the place in all these ancient books. Like Darshan is this wordless up level that you get from people, but you only get it from people who are better than you at something or have something to give. And that's why it's so important not to surround yourself with D-bags. Wow, that's well said. Wow, yeah, geez. I mean, I was thinking there must be a risk at uh, at escapism. You know, like like not like you said, not becoming a fanboy or whatever, but not taking it too. You know, you must have to sort of have that balance. Like, yeah, yeah. You can go too yeah. far into yeah. script. And and like, what's the is is there a parallel there? I mean, obviously there's a parallel, but what's the difference between that and the current? fad of like cosplay not that it's a fad i shouldn't even call it that sorry but the whole cosplay yeah. phenomenon right now like did yeah. you did you you must have seen this all grow through your yeah avatarism oh, yeah. like when you're looking into avatarism and then having that that whole culture just explode around you must be pretty weird yeah it's it's uh it's amazing i i love it and I, I want to be a part of it. And I also know that it's mostly a consumerist thing and the kids are being uh, not, I wouldn't say pushed, but it's a natural sort of instinct of the group to create cosplays that everyone knows from recognized products that are oh, right. cons okay. consumer products. And what I and what, when I try to get in there, I try to be this sort of virus in the system that goes, OK, mutate and uh, we're not going to make fun of kids who we can't tell what costume they are. Ultimately, I think it's a, it's might be a different group. Like cosplayers are, obs everything is a subset of avatarism. I haven't found one group on the earth that isn't a subset of avatarism, that isn't some sort of conspiracy on the layperson. And once you get inside the golden gate, you go, oh, I just have to put on the ring and say the thing. And the <laughs> And that's it. And they're like, oh, sure, 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 sure. And they're like, yeah, okay, great, um, wonderful. What, what, what else can you uncover that's like that? You know, everything is like that. Once you learn a planetary brain is alive in the form of the internet, they can't really hide this stuff from us. But people are still getting stupid because they get swept up in evangelistic, you know, uh, too simplistic, sick and twisted linguistic shit that gets thrown at them and they're not creating anything for themselves. So when you asked me, when you said, you know, they get caught up in it, but they're going to get caught up in their own thing. They're going to get caught up in the thing that they've created. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. 
And and it's a and 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 one of the creators of Avatarism, who's an amazing psychedelic writer, writer her name's Jessica Simon T. Ferry, writes for Arrowid.org. She came up with the thing, you know, it's a feature of the game of Avatarism, not a bug, that you can put the character down whenever you want and go back to being your home character, especially when your boss is getting your face going, where are the forms of C329-6 that he promised me by five? And you're not going to be like, don't talk to me like that. I'm a superhero. No, you're never going to do that because you're not insane. Avatarism doesn't make people insane, just like movies don't make people insane and they say video violent video games don't make people insane the thing is is that i've noticed that that um main some mainstream and or dominator religions who will remain nameless make people insane enough to go kill people so let's just look at this have the fairies ever incited wars have hobbits jedis or even orcs superheroes i mean there it's a clean slate you know um i feel like cosplay is this great entry level avatarism and people get into it and they feel that uh to quote uh you know the wall that warm thrill of confusion that space cadet glow when they get inside (laughs) the suit and they're like wow what is this i'm powerful and guys are taking pictures of me and this is wonderful and people and girls are talking to me and this is wonderful and you know what if it makes people more loving and social and it makes people want to be connected my fucking god we need more of that right now we need to educate our brothers and sisters how to up level their uh their their morality up level their 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 spirituality in their own way. I just I'm, I just don't want to tell people what to do, and I'm really turned on by the idea of self created spirituality within like a fantastical, fun, not serious framework, so it doesn't get anyone all bent out of shape. You can't embody that. Why are you wearing that that belt that way? <laughs> you know, it's like that trim isn't. Uh, to, I saw that movie Cowboy Bebop. That was the you're, that's wrong, totally wrong. <laughs> And you're like, okay, well, that's kind of the cosplay mentality. So I want avatarism, and my 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 absolutely my ultimate joy would be to do these kind of workshops at cons and uh, comic cons and festivals. I've already been doing them at music festivals where it's all accepted. Like the kids are in their rainbow sparkle feather space cowboy outfit, you know, and they're and they're embodying something. And you know, I keep coming back to this thing, like. If you figure out some stuff about your character and you figure out like what your character wants to do or what its gift to the world is, that will become a communication. And funny story. So Dan, go back to Burning Dan. Like he had this jumpsuit at Burning Man um, that was a tiger stripe orange junk jumpsuit with a bomb on the front. And so you look at it, you'd be like, what, tiger bomb? And you go, yes, would you like some? And he then he would step forward and he would put tiger bomb on people's nipples, everybody's nipples. And then he would he would force them to like all join hands and put their arms around each other's shoulders in a circle. And they would all wait till their nipples started burning like a mother sucker. And uh, and and they would all look at each other and have this kind of wild experience. So what I, I looked at down, I was like, what the hell? You created a character that had a name that people could like, wait a minute, what is this? That would create a conversation that would that led to a gift, that led to a group experience, which kind of made you allowed to touch people's nipples. And that that must have been fun. And he and he just smiled at me. He's like, yes. <laughs> you know? And so that on a weird sort of 
awesome, strange scale is the is the recipe for your alchemy of your character. Your character has something that it wants to do. You want to have an interaction with people. You want to interact with people. And that you know that book, the 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 not the secret, but the 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 game that tried to get guys to hit on girls in this yep, really yep. specific way, right? That shit doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And because it's it's tricks and and tricks don't people learn tricks and then they don't work eventually because everybody learns your shit. The thing with about avatarism is it transforms the way you speak about your actual self into something that is more fun for you. And that lights you up and brings the sort of people that should be around you closer to you because you're not afraid anymore because you have a way of speaking about yourself that's not boring, that you've seen people accept. And I think that's a huge part of why a lot of us who are like me, introverted extroverts, you know, kind of shy but push through anyway with a lot of tricks – you know, it's because we, we learn, we learn these tricks. Yeah. Yeah. That totally reminds me of the whole, the whole spiritual part about when you're, when you're, when you're on your path and you're following your light and you're being of service or when you're following sort of your path, that you are like this light and that you are this energy that's, you know, you're, and you don't want to, I don't want to sound woo or anything, but you're vibrating at a, you're vibrating at a different frequency and, and, and it's resonating with people. Or fake it till you make it. I'm playing the woo dolls right over here. Um, yeah, you know, I love fake it till you make it. I love that. That's that's like, you know, I think that's the story of most actors' lives. And like you said, we get actors at the top of their game get paid so much money to approximate this sort of fake reality. And, and, and when we step back and we realize that we're worshiping them for that, for being really good liars, like assassins for truth – and an experience, a specific experience, we go, if we could in our lives have even a 5% of that, we could create joy for others. We could, we could like move ourselves from moments of pain and insecurity into moments of, you know, maybe less because, uh, something real actually does happen for, for actors. You know, there's a lot of crazy actors, but there's a lot of crazy people. I survived TV shows and movies. I'm not, that crazy. I seem to have a pretty good beat on life. Well, I you, you, yeah, but you, you sort of, you, you transformed, didn't you? I mean, you had, a, you were pretty successful when you were younger and, and you had, didn't you have sort of a transformational experience from that world to more of a spiritual type? I did. I did. Yeah, I did. I had, I had a, a couple of them. I mean, the one interesting thing about my avatarism is that, and then maybe a lot of people would resonate is that you know we've some of us have had sort of spiritual experiences our whole lives that we can't explain, not at all, mm-hmm. and we ha- and we had no we had no way of talking about them. Let's say when we were three or five or seven, and you know and 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 so if you're if you're some people maybe just forget them and discount them or they don't. But my parents sort of gave me this great gift that they they said that uh, I could be any religion I wanted out of every religion in the whole world or. Something completely new, um, and it was part of the adventure of my life to go and figure out what my connection to spirit to spirit was. And they said it would be co- be cool as long as I found something. And I went through everything, even some crazy shit that that, that scared them. You know, they should throw away this book. What is this book? You know, satanic stuff. And I'm like, I just want to know about it. I want to know about everything. He says, Mom, hey. I don't really believe in the positive aspect of that that story. Why would I care about the negative aspect of that story? Like, I just want to know what exists. And so I went and got out of the trash at midnight, you know, and um, and didn't kill any babies or do anything. It's stuff. Okay, so it's just a book. 
so you know, I was allowed to to really experiment with all that stuff, and and maybe and maybe having the spiritual experience as a kid, um, and having experiences with spirits and with precognition and psychic phenomenon, and I've also, you know, I mean, I've just I've seen it. I've had evidence, very clear evidence that there is more to this world, yeah. um, and and I can't say what that is exactly. Mm. Um, and maybe we're not meant to know, uh, but it's so much fun just to leave it open and not to frame it so hard with someone else's ideas. That's the whole exciting thing about being alive in this day and age when you're not going to get burned at the stake yeah. for, for thinking that maybe nature is alive and maybe the world birthed us and we're just a part of it, actually. You know, uh, you know and this, you know, this universe is a creator of beings you know and that's it and there is no great creator it's just everything everything all the time and like who cares and i love being able to say that stuff and not get not get burned as a witch or whatever so that's there's a perfect time for avatarism because so many people are still scared that they're going to come and get up get them you know if they speak out and say that they're a natural based religion or if they believe in psychic phenomenon or they're a you know conspiracy theorist i believe the conspiracy theorist it's a type of spirituality it's a type of religion they're deeply concerned uh, and maybe deeply disturbed but it's their thing some of us need to be turned on by sort of negative energy all the time it's not the most healthy thing but hell you know, it's an ethos. It's um, I, I, I appreciate all kinds of interesting information. I just generally want to absor- absorb it all and make the good stuff part of my character and, and keep going. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, it could just be asking questions. A conspiracy theorist might be just wanting to ask questions and not having the, you know, maybe not having the answers all the time. I mean, that's kind of the way we are here is like, I, I know there's something else going on and I don't know what, what it is and I don't really right. care. I don't really care. I, I don't mind leaving it open, like you said. But we do live in a schizophrenic society where materialism and and our culture is sort of forced to not accept any of this, you know, otherness that's going on. And and yet everybody or not everybody, but lots of people or people they love have had these awakenings or experiences. And we talk about that a lot, a lot on the show. You know, it's it's like the church of personal experience and Mm. it's it's changing. And I mean, we are, you know, maybe that we are in this time where the culture of materialism is, is it just can't withstand any longer. There's just too much, there's too much evidence and there's too much personal experiences going on that I feel like even in the last few years, I mean, maybe we're focused on it on the show, but I really feel like it's, it is changing. So but can, you, can you talk about a couple of those experiences that you had? Sure. I mean, what are you interested in? Oh, geez. Anything, anything ghosts and aliens or anything like that? Yeah. Well, aliens. Um, <laughs> aliens okay well um you know i it's interesting like one of the coolest experience i had just in the alien culture um is at a place in the in the high desert uh of california called uh, called landers california landers um as as in landing um and they built they built a uh, they built a, a sort of a landing site for uh for ufos or for oh. aliens called the integratron have you ever heard oh, of the integratron i have i've been wanting to go there that's one on my list like really so really like important list of stuff to do darren's writing notes right now yeah that's isn't that a, a place where the the sound like they play um sounds and music and it's uh it's very acoustic yeah it's a it's a it's like being on the inside of a huge Stradivarius violin. Um, the whole place, there's no metal 
it was all put together with pegs and dowels and the entire thing. So it's almost like I think three or four very round uh, boat hulls that are all put together. And at the top, they're pressure fitted together with a like a two ton ring of solid poured concrete that was fit over the top of it. So and then there's a hole out to the sky. So the entire thing resonates up to this huge stone and then throws the sound skyward. Um, and the people on the inside, no matter where you are, if you speak or make a noise, everyone can hear it. And if you stand in the middle, so I got invited to spend the night inside the Integratron, where we toned, nice. where we toned for oh, hours. No way. A, sing, yeah, a singing bowl, oh. crystal singing bowl, orchestra of about 60 singing bowls and oh. gongs. And, and then the coolest thing was when it was all over, I stood in the middle and I, I've been sort of leading um, meditations the last two years at a meditation and new age church in uh, Venice Beach called uh, Full Circle Venice. And I've been doing kirtan. And so I sort of toned and sang and made noises. And the crazy thing about this structure is it the sound that you make rotates around and goes right back up into your ear. And so if you're a musician or a singer, you can hear yourself better than you've ever heard yourself in your whole life, even with headphones. And so you find yourself singing more purely and beautifully in that space than anywhere else. It's remarkable. I highly recommend it for any of your audience, for any of your listeners to go to the Integratron and, and do a sound healing or if they have a special event, stay the night. It's, it's unbelievable. I converged there with about 70 healers from all over the country and it was intense. There was an intense amount of healing. There was an intense amount of spiritual ego, a tense, intense amount of meeting of the minds. And uh, any anytime you can you can be in a in a focused healing. And it was led by a Native American named uh, Bavado Rainbow Thunderheart, who is famous for uh, healing the ley lines and the electrical ley lines inside the earth and doing. Uh, doing ceremony and, and laying down rocks and crystals, uh, you know, hundreds of them and doing these amazing uh, medicine wheels out and healing these parts of the earth with various groups of people. I mean, it's, it was really a wonderful thing that he was doing for years until his death last year. Wow. Wow. We should build one of those things as a studio. Yeah, that'd be that's, fun. that's what I'm trying to do. I'm serious. I'm trying right now to raise funds uh, and begin to do plans to have Integratron Hollywood. I want to have a resonant dome in Hollywood, possibly on top of my house here, um, so that we can so we can do this thing. But you guys make uh, you make your Integratron uh, Canada, and I'll come up and visit you. It sounds like a, sounds like a great idea. Oh yeah, that's amazing. So I mean, I, I, I can see what it's like when you do it when it's fucking forty below. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> It does something to the sound, crystallizes the sound. You can shoot. Oh, then you sound, could have like sound, sound weapons, sound fucking icicles. Sound when they, when they as they melt, the sound comes out. So you could actually podcast into the icicle, and then you take yeah. it home, throw it on your counter. As it melts, you hear Graham's bullshit. That's like programming crystals. So did anything? Did you guys have any? Anybody have any experiences there? I mean, I, I've used a singing bowl out in the stargazing before to try and make contact, and I was just in a, a healing, like a healing circle with only about seven or eight of us with a bunch of singing bowls and stuff, and that was amazing. I can imagine with like sixty or seventy people in there. Um, I heard that other people um, saw something that night. I was kind of under the weather and just really focused on having a more of an energetic healing for myself. So I didn't really experience that. But, um, but I was going to tell you that, uh, 
A lot of people do. And Landers, California, I think is is the place to see that kind of phenomenon. No, I saw I saw alien phenomenon um, <clears throat> in uh, in Ashland, Oregon, where a lot of people see alien phenomenon. Um, so I was in a, in a, I, I was fortunate enough to be in a, a really amazing uh, jacuzzi with a, with a beautiful woman. Um, and we were wearing night vision goggles, um, <laughs> not to look at each other, but we were specifically looking at the sky on the, uh, recommendation of my then boss, uh, Jay Widener. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, who's a noted, um, uh, histo- yeah. historian and conspiracy theorist yeah. of all sorts and also runs guy uh guy tv is the program director of guy tv yeah he's been working with jay dyer i think recently to, to put something together eh? yeah man uh, yeah jay hasn't asked me to be on any of his shows yet because i i i went through a amazing experience with him and made a crazy film with him called uh the last avatar which you can rent on uh on uh on guy their membership site guy okay. tv okay I think. cool uh, but but I was in Jay Widener's uh, jacuzzi looking up at the sky with these night vision goggles, not 15, 20 minutes. Um, and uh, uh, I saw a clear, bright object come straight from left to right and stop right in front of me. And I took off the goggles and I could not see it. Wow. Put on the, put on the goggles and it was there. Just there. I, I even wiped the front of the goggles to make sure it wasn't a bug that had landed on me. And, uh, and then, <laughs> then it moved, uh, 45 degrees and then moved another 45 degrees, another 45 degrees and then another 45 degrees and something like that. And then sped off Wow! and it did this crazy, like geometric little movement, uh, very fast and then shot off in another direction. Um, and, and I, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Um, and then, you know, with the naked eye, uh, a couple weeks, maybe a month later, um, out in the middle of Oregon, maybe near, I mean, I was, it was rural Oregon. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Bend or uh, outside of Jackson. I'm, I'm really not quite sure, but we were at a, at a farm, like at a place where they make, um, bread and they grow food. And it was like a cooperative farm. And we were, me and my lady were on sitting on top of a warm engine of a car and staring up into the sky, enjoying uh, uh, some some cider. Not too much that we would be uh, seeing things. Um, and now I've seen satellites. I know what they do. Uh, they come at a slow and steady pace. They're very light. It can be kind of a bright little point, but you know they move steadily. There they are at the satellite. This thing <laughs> came straight out of the horizon, very fast was very bright, maybe five times brighter than what I would experience with a, seeing a, a satellite on a very clear night. Yeah. And, and it stopped right on above us <laughs> for a moment. And then it sped off it, it, going this, that same direction, trajectory, trajectory that it had come in. And so, you know, went straight across the sky, but paused right above us. It was unbelievable. And I remember looking at my lady and I was like, 80, what, wait, what did I, did I just see that? And she goes, motherfucker, you just saw that. Don't start doubting it already. Right. And uh, cause she had seen stuff like that for years and years and years. Cause uh, she's from Montana and, and had moved to Oregon. So those were the two uh, experiences that I had. Um, and, uh, and I thought I saw a UFO in 1984 when I was a kid, but it might've just been, 
I got scared because I think they had a fake UFO in the Olympic ceremony. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. They had a fake UFO in the Olympic ceremony? Yeah, like it was either the – I remember as a kid in 84 because I was in, is it in L.A. Um, when they were having the Olympics. And I remember it was like – it must have been like E.T. And like e, they did like a thing where E.T. like came over the Coliseum or something. I might be totally crazy, but I thought I remembered seeing some sort of alien thing in the – uh, the, either the opening or the closing ceremonies of the 84 Olympics. And then as a kid, I could swear I ran outside because I, I was so excited that the aliens were landing and I wanted to see them. And I went outside and I thought as a kid that I saw this ship, but I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't be sure. I might've just been really excited from seeing it on TV, but that's crazy. I want to know how many kids got who are like, who got fooled by that. And if it actually wasn't, uh, a UFO in the '84 closing or opening ceremonies? Then that's weird. Then I have a then I have a fake memory. Was it the Goodyear blimp? Uh, it might it might have been no, because I knew what the uh, damn blimp looked like. I'm looking at some pictures on YouTube, but or not on YouTube. Sorry, I googled 1984 Olympics UFO, but nothing's coming up. No way. So maybe you are fucking crazy. <laughs> okay, that's the weirdest thing. I've, no, okay, that's really weird. Oh, wait, I have to go- wait, wait. Apparently, there was a real UFO at the 84 Olympics. What? Wow. What? Here we got here. What? Conspiracy theorists believe that the closing ceremony from the 1984 Olympic Games prepared the world for an alien invasion. Oh, wait, one sec. Yeah. Oh, no, there was a UFO it's- in the closing ceremonies. Yeah. Okay, so I ran outside to go see the UFO. And, um, and it's, it was, I was just like, I believed it hundred percent. And I, and I almost thought that I, that either I saw the UFO leaving or it might just be a memory from the actual closing ceremonies. But that, that, that was, that was pretty amazing. Well, I love UFO movies. I mean, I love, I love a communion. I love close encounters. Contact. Yeah. I love contact. I'm like one of the, am I one of the only people that likes communion? I just love that film. It wasn't ET though. It was just some fucking alien looking dude. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing about these lights in the sky too. Like people just poo poo lights in the sky, but you know what you saw and what many people see, it's not just a, it's not just a, an airplane or a helicopter or like, you know, it's a natural phenomenon. Like it's something intelligently controlled and it's not, it shouldn't be doing what it does, you know, and you can tell the difference. All right. All right. You yeah. can. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's basically my alien experience. I have, um, you know, if you guys want to hear about, um, precognition, psychic stuff, that's, that's a pretty, pretty interesting, um, story. I, I was a teenager and I think I was 15, 16, I was, I was 16 years old. And I was with my first girlfriend in her house in Pasadena one night. And she's, um, she, she, right before we were going to bed, but slept in downstairs in their guest room. She's going up to her room and she said, uh, she said, Alex, um, I, 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 I think something bad's going to happen. And I said, oh yeah, What's, what bad is going to happen? What, what thing? She goes, well, well you're in bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> right now well the thing is is that she was she was listen she was she was born again and i and and i always respect people's you know uh rituals and and religion and so her parents were like you know please don't deflower our daughter and well, even though the i wanted ones too yeah 
Right. You know, they did the laying on the uh, laying on of hands. How do you know? Um, you know, there's, there's something to all the, every magic has its own, you know, special workings and, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. They did a lot of the, the, some of those groups, they do the laying on of hands, they do a lot of prayer and that's, that stuff can be very powerful. But, but she told me that she was endowed with a power given to her by Jesus Christ. And when she was shown the face of Jack Nicholson as the Joker from the original Batman movie starring Michael Keaton, and she would see this face hovering in her own uh, a basement below her house in her own mind she'd see this when she would see that vision she knew that jesus was telling her there was going to be an earthquake wow i mean i looked at her and i was like okay sounds <laughs> sounds good uh what? i went to i went to bed and four hours later we had the northridge earthquake <laughs> four hours she predicted it by four hours you know, I've read, I've read stuff before where it's like that. People, it has to, they have to display it, you know, in their own sort of manifest. They manifest because right? it's actually, it's in your mind. It's not a physical thing, or it's not, you know, you're doing it. So it's just projecting itself in your, you know, it has to be something. It, it can't, can't be something new. It's something you know, or something you expect, yeah. or something you. Yeah. Now let me qualify and say that this girl is like top of her class she's an amazing person now she's like a producer of like the the real world for mtv she's got kids a husband she's an amazing person this was something i don't think it, i think she told me that it doesn't happen anymore um but it astounded me i mean it astounded me it made me really interested in psychic phenomenon precognition and and the fact that you know and and more than that that's like sort of separating it what i found by listening to Lots and lots of Alan Watts, who's a great British, you know, philosopher. Yep. Is it that we're we're from we come from this world? We weren't brought to this world, you know. Maybe we were seeded. This whole thing was seeded by aliens or by fungus or whatever. But it's very conceivable that aliens are just other creatures that got created by other worlds, and this world gave birth to us. And you know, Alan Watts used to say, "Look out where there are rocks." You say, "Oh, there's nothing but rocks on that planet." He's like, "Well, look out where there are rocks." There are going to be people because rocks, you know, they support fungal life and fungal life creates multi-celled life and multi-celled life creates, you know, many-celled life. And here we are. And so from that, you got to you got to think we've got connections to this mother planet that we don't understand. Dogs have knowledge they're born with, you know, their genetic knowledge. We have genetic knowledge. We can't possibly. I mean, they're doing all kinds of studies that say that. You know, if uh, if your grandparents, your great grandparents went through a famine that that not they their kids, but their grandkids are going to be the ones who benefit from the genetic difference in code and they'll be more resilient to surviving famine. I mean, that shit is very interesting. I mean, that's almost like it's like where does genetics and psychic ability kind of intersect? Because it seems like messages and connections to the earth and to each other are just inherent. That's because it's all ones and zeros, man. <laughs> yeah, the singularity is coming. I don't, I don't know if we should be scared of it. It's just like, you know, it, we're going to create it, and we're going to be able to see and feel and be more. It's going to be weird and scary. I mean, in some ways, I wish we could all just go back to the how the Native Americans lived for a little while. It, um, you know, but without the diseases and shitting outdoors all the time. Shitting outdoors ain't bad. 
If no, it isn't. I know it isn't. I was right. just the rainbow <laughs> gathering up in, in Oregon and, and I shit outdoors and it was very awesome. Feeling the wind on your on your ass hairs is quite it's quite nice. <laughs> I was just in Oregon too, man. I love it in Oregon. Yeah, it's beautiful. Don't, any, UFOs, don't anybody though. go there though. Leave them alone. Yeah, don't go great. to Oregon. It's weird how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon's terrible. Don't go to Oregon. It sucks. It smells. Yeah, it smells like patchouli. Chris. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Yeah, no, but I mean, maybe we're looking, maybe the closest singularity is really just us no. looking like, it's like you always singularity say. Singularity is not coming. Darren, what, it's like what you always say about, about <laughs> no, 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 you can think about it as, as the, the simulated universe type thing, or the yeah. digital universe. So yeah. the, as we look into, as we, as we look deeper and deeper into our reality, it becomes digital, like a simulation. Yeah, you know what I was thinking the other, itself you know what I was thinking the other day when my phone froze up? Maybe if we go fucking too deep, it all fucking freezes. <laughs> and that's it. Maybe we're on the like edge because it just can't I can't handle any you more can't data. Process we, it anymore. we open too many trees and we look too small, so it's gotta keep making all this data and it's just running out of space. And that's why all this crazy shit started everything starting to the break. Glitches down in the matrix here. kinda yeah, so it's the, all glitching out because it's going to freeze soon. It's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. All of us. The shit you say when you're stoned. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get small. <laughs> Speaking of that, I mean, has psychedelics been a part of your 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 growth? I, I my dad was a uh, hate Ashbury hippie. Oh, I wanted to ask hung, you about hung that. Hung out with the Merry Pranksters in the '60s, and um, wow. Basically got got uh, got arrested for protesting the war and uh, tried everything. So my 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 bedtime stories were from him at least were about his acting and about his experiences in the '60s and psychedelics. And so I had a really good psychedelic education really young. My dad wanted me to know the benefit of his his experience and the the, the scary stuff, the interesting stuff. Um, and so I guess how I describe myself is sort of like a second generation a psychedelic person um and i was given education about it um the way i chose to um to interact with sacrament um is in a sort of ritualistic way you know there uh, there's specific ways i interact with it there's reasons there's things i want to understand and learn through the experience i generally don't um do sacrament all the time um, it's not an everyday thing. It's not an every week thing. It's maybe not even an every day, month or, or year thing. Um, it could be every few years for, uh, for an experience. If I haven't made something out of that experience or if it doesn't seem like, um, you know, so many people use, um, substances as an escape and then find years later after they've escaped and escaped and escaped that they, don't have the skills that other people have. Like they've sort of traded in some of their mana, their power for these experiences. And those experiences are, you know, could have been, you know, uh, they're very limited. If you do repeat the same thing over and over, you know, you're going to get basically the same lesson. Um, so that's not how I like to interact. And that's why I look at, at substances as sacrament. And I encourage everybody to sort of look at that in that way too alter the way you you think because your body is a temple your mind is delicate um until uh, i didn't experiment uh, until i was uh, 23 and at 21 i think it's recognized your brain's done forming and we have so many kids going into psychedelic culture 
and doing massive amounts of uh, entheogens and 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 before their before their brains are done forming. And I generally listen. If you're under 18, if you're if you've ever had mental problems, if you haven't had a good life, um, and you have some you know anger issues, if you're unstable. These things aren't maybe aren't for you. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be good for you. Uh, and certainly, if you don't have any information on it, and you're not being led in a certain way, you know they're doing all kinds of studies right now with psilocybin. Have you guys been following those? With yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah. And, and and the end of life experience. So when people know that they're gonna die from a from a terrible disease or something, they're gonna they have all these these anxieties. Like they don't know what's gonna happen. They they don't know what they're gonna where they're going. What death is gonna be like. And they're experimenting with giving them a moderate dose and a guided uh, sort of tour uh, with um, psilocybin and music or just some sort of guided meditation. And it's having an amazing effect. You can see all kinds of research on YouTube if you look for it, um, psilocybin end of life. And I think that's really important because if if um, if you haven't, you know, 30, it's like a 30, something like 30 percent of millennials or kids right now, young people don't have any philosophical or religious affiliation. Um, and so that's going to, you know, that's fine. It's their, their thing. But if, if they get to the end of their life and they're like, fuck, I never prepared. I don't know what spirit is. I have no framework for this. Then substances like enthogens, uh, you know, sacraments like psilocybin mushrooms, um, used in a very controlled way, give people a, a spiritual experience that prepares them for the mystery and i've seen it and like there's no other way to explain it it's a it's hard to explain it's like explaining art but you'd have to experience it you have to look into it for yourself and see what people are saying it's not the scary thing that people say it is it's not the joke that people say it is it's actually a doorway to another type of consciousness possibly another type of world i mean when you when you use psilocybin in a forest setting there is no question that fairies exist fairies exist uh, so you want to put yourself in a religious situation, uh, you know, or a spiritual situation with this drug, you know, just be careful where you are, who you're with and what you're programming, because the stuff that you do when you are altered goes into goes into your deep memory and it could, you know, stay with you for a very long time for better or for worse. And so the bad trip is just all about, like Leary said, like, you know, it's set and setting. you got to control things if you're going to reprogram your mind. And I'd like everybody to think about like some of these things, even like psychic phenomenon or aliens, you know, it's that stuff reprograms your mind because we're meant, the society doesn't want us to think about these things. And so we become altered by by these experiences and you want to you want to be easy on yourself you know don't do too much conspiracy theory you're going to get tweaked you know take it easy don't do too much avatarism don't change yourself too much so that you lose sight of all the things that you you were too fast and you know so everybody's different but anthogens definitely caution 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 interest fun examine experience learn but caution and uh, yeah I think that balance is important. I think that's what's missing in our society is in our education as kids, even not religious and not, you know, anything dogmatic, but just that, that, that sort of balanced look at spirit and spirituality. And, you know, the people that I meet that are spiritual are usually pretty aware of their defects and they're very grounded in that way, which you wouldn't expect, but they're, it's, it's, there's a, there's an accountability there, it seems, you know, like, and, a, and an awareness around, 
their their behaviors and how they affect people and i don't know i wish we i wish we had learned that even just basic mindfulness in school like some basic you know watching your breath watching your mind just some basic tools as as kids and in, in our culture right. i mean maybe it's happening now but yeah it's happening a little bit i think kids are learning you know i try to talk about meditation on my uh, twitter account i got a bunch of fans of my different projects that maybe find me because of Charles in Charge that was on that show when I was a kid in the 80s. So they maybe they find me because of cartoons. But then I'm I'm kind of open with how I live my life. And so I'll say, you know, I meditated today or I'm spending the day not speaking. You know, I'm going to write things, but I'm not going to speak all day to give myself, you know, a little bit of a break from communicating and, and see what that does to my brain. And it's not in a like dogmatic, like you will do this and this is the effect it will have. And, you know, I, you know, I'm your guru now. And it's like, no, I basically just yeah. want to entertain. I want to entertain people, and I think we all should be sharing. All of us should be sharing our workable technology. That's how we get – that's like the – if we want to gamify our lives, like what the fuck? Why are we dealing in platitudes all the time with the people that we're around? Like what are, do you know the cheat codes that your friends know about how they do their life? Have you spoken with them? Have you asked them how they're doing that shit, that magic shit that you don't know how to do? That's Darshan. That's like being with your friends, learning a little bit. Like I, it's like I don't – I learned from Dan, like I, once I was like, Hey, let's hang out. And he goes, I don't hang out with my friends. And I go, that sucks. That just made me feel horrible. And he goes, no, 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 no. I like to do projects with my friends. Would you like to do a project with me? And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about the band and go miniature golfing. And he's like, okay, well that sounds great. That's a meeting and that's an activity. I can do that. And basically I just wanted to hang out with him. But like, if you transform your relationships into into projects, even small ones, something, something, you do something, then you end up learning more about the person and you get something done and it's exciting and all your deep memory circuits get, you know, lit up. You got dopamine, you got your adrenaline, you got your, you know, your, your oxytocin, the trust hormone gets activated, all that great stuff. Like we want to be, we want to make our own body drugs by having a great life. So we don't have to do these gross drugs, like over alcoholing ourselves or over marijuana in ourselves or stimulants or even just, you know, too much binge watching of crap. You know, it's like, there's people out in the world that can make your life better and you're not interacting with them. And there's a reason. maybe you just, yeah, you got nothing to say. Uh, doing a project is a great way to have something to focus on. So you don't have to be so, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. That's good. Meaningful, meaningful, you know, interactions and stuff a little bit deeper than just, you know, uh, watch, watching the game, you know, and talking way. about nothing. I mean, hot today. Yeah. How's, how's the weather today? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love Welcome how you, I love how you're looking at all this. Like, how did you get so? When did you get so curious? Like, I love how you're looking at all this uh, genetic memory stuff. And I mean, it reminds me of like I've been interested in all this sort of like the next level of of health and wellness and biohacking. I mean, I heard oh, I heard I heard about this human garage going on in in L. A. and and they're doing amazing leading edge work with healing and and they're using spiritual energy work with scientific work on fascia and and I, and like uh, chiropractic stuff like all this like science versus or meet spirituality in the healing environment with all these like doctors and athletes and scientists i mean there's so much to be interested human, in now human garage human garage that sounds no i haven't heard of that that sounds amazing but i i want to i want to go oh. submit myself to to as many experiments as they oh, offer do it man they're they're just ramping up i mean and and you you know they're, and they're talking about this genetic memory like the stuff you're mentioning about uh, 
you know, the, the famine and, and, and getting some, some traits from your second generation back, your third generation back that, that yeah. uh, help you or hinder you. I mean, there's so many things we don't know about okay. why we are, why we are, why we are. You want to you hear the most intense one that I just heard? And you're going to have to check this, but uh, the most intense one I just heard and ladies, they'll just have like, kind of take a pause for a moment. <laughs> but like, basically all the partners you've ever been with as a woman, if you've ever been with someone and had sex unprotected, um, and gone to full fruition with the dance of love. Um, oh, I think basically, I basically, you are then coded with a small amount or an amount of that person's DNA, and the child that you'll have years later yes, will, heard still, this. will still have some of the genetic material from that first douchebag that you fucked. Don't fuck, fuck that first douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. so, so interesting. Like, and, and cause you always heard the wives tales of, you know, like, you know, honey, don't, you know, don't do that or don't do this or be careful with that. And you're like, oh, whatever. I'm just having fun. And you're like, oh no, there's something dogmatic about how you're telling me to behave. You know, I could do whatever I want. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I don't really want you to associate <laughs> with that. Like, no, it's fine. I'll be fine. And they're like, wow, you're going to carry a piece of that person's genetic material in your offspring. Yeah. <laughs> And there's also there's also a risk of not not being protected all the time because you, you you're you're sacrificing some sort of healing potential as well if you don't ever get the semen you know right right uh, it, the al- that, and I can't the al- remember the science behind that but there's something pretty serious about wait, wait, not wait, wait, wait. rewind take that from the top that that's mob. the alchemical he's speaking of the alchemical elixir the ultimate yes exactly elixir. and if a woman doesn't get to experience that at all there's a total loss of healing potential there and and the, you're missing some sort of protein and all, all, all kinds of other stuff that uh well, how do i, I mean, get my that's, protein that's conjecture <laughs> <laughs> you're the giver of the protein and you get to die first <laughs> you, you die before her so you give up all your essential minerals so that she can she can live on and continue the species. You're you're yeah, it's very altruistic. So but I'm so much healthier than I am. What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so what 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 did you? How did you? I'm just interested in your in your transformation, but for from this like child famous actor who sort of probably I mean I read a little bit about your blogs and stuff like that about falling into a little bit of that trap and consumerism and. And the whole yeah. Hollywood thing, and then and then yeah. and then your transformation into something a little bit more, uh. you know, spiritual or whatever. That like, there, was there a, was there a, a moment that shifted that, or that you sort of? Yeah, it was an incredible. It was an incredible visionary moment. I mean, it was leading up to things. I mean, I think I had prepared myself um, by sort of cultivating my own. Um, personal mythology along the years and thinking, you know, allowing myself to think that I am the one, you know, everybody thinks they are the one and you are, you know, for your thing. And so, but it's very important for us to allow ourselves to think that we are the one. And so I was allowing myself to think that in some various ways. And I had this visionary experience, you know, um, at an Indian reservation at a party that was supposed to be for thousands, but that got shut off and cut off by the, by the, I think the, the feds they said, or the Bureau of Indian something or other. And, and so we were in there only a few hundred of us. And I had this inc- incredible experience where I lost my ego completely, um, became just a pair of eyes. And up until that point for quite a few years, spent my whole sort of prepubescent childhood up to the time I was 16, 17 as an actor on a TV show. 
you know, Charles in charge and, you know, every night of the week my show was on and I really thought that I was this actor guy and I was, you know, important and, and I was a great actor and I had this, all these things ahead of me. And then, you know, I really, uh, I had, I had a ego, a big ego. And I remember a few people told me that I was, had been, you know, rude to them or had been kind of egotistical. And I, and I, I felt shame. And in that moment, when I lost my ego completely, it went away. I became just a pair of eyes looking out at the world. And, you know, what I saw was beautiful. It was so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, um, it was, there was music and there was, there were human beings and they were having a great time and just, God, thinking about what has just happened in Vegas, you know, it's such a, it is such a tragedy. Um, and, and also to have people just taken in and when they're enjoying and, and being happy and allowing themselves to be frivolous and have a good time. So, you know, these, these are, these kinds of events are so important. And I always like to say that if aliens could have the real awesome, like awesome technology where they could see if people were happy on the earth and they could see groups of people and how happy they were, they could like kind of check out where they wanted to land, you know? They, you know, they might land with the Raelians uh, uh, because they have like I, I've heard like underwear parties and they make uh, landing strips for them. But <laughs> yeah. then I, but they, but then I think you know they send me emails. It's crazy. I've never been one of their gigs. But hey, you know if aliens are gonna land and they're sweet, they're nice aliens and they just want to hang out and like figure out what's going on, they're gonna go to one of these groups or they're gonna see that rock concerts and and concerts where beautiful music is being played. Those are the places where people are the happiest. And those are the people that is the most concentration of joy. So I think there's something in that. There's something in the big art. There's something in the large scale art and the big music and the and the music and the expression of joy in groups. You know, there's just something to that. Um, anyway, I got went off on a tangent. But uh, what was I, what was I? What <laughs> no, was you, well, you're talking about you're losing your ego at the Indian reservation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm so I lost my ego. I became a pair of eyes. And when I came to, I think I was like inside a bass speaker. Like with a couple very cute girls and we were all, I think, making out. And um, and I realized that, you know, I had sort of been living in this really tight existence. I hadn't re- I had been kind of afraid uh, to be myself, who I felt like I was inside. And the ego is taking over and making me do rude things. And what I really wanted to do is create beautiful things in the world, create art, be a toy designer create paintings, write things about, um, uh, embodiment of philosophy, like the whole thing that I always knew I wanted to do. I was stopped by doing all that because I didn't want to look uncool. Yeah. And all the people around me weren't doing anything like that. They weren't doing anything like that. And so I would have risked doing everything different and I had to risk do everything different. And that's why at the end of that experience, I ended up back in Hollywood at my childhood home, standing in a tree, <laughs> you know, up in a tree in the morning kind of coming down from this experience and, and thinking to myself, everything is going to be okay. I love this tree. I've been in it a million times since I was growing up and I'm here again in a childlike moment with my eyes wide open going, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to make beautiful things. And that can be performance and it could be art. It could be writing. It could just, as long as I'm creating something to add to the soup of humanity, that's just good, better, make it better. It's my own style. I do it for long enough. I'm going to do it better. Somebody's going to be like, hey, that's unique. I'm going to get an up level. I'm going to get dopamine. I'm going to get adrenaline, good body drugs. I get to create my own happiness. I get to be a joy Jedi. This is how I want to live my life. This is not some like kind of like pie in the sky. Like I want to become a better person so I can get into the gates and they'll let and they'll say in the stone that I did it. Right. 
you know, I'm, well, I want to have a great time here. And I want my memories here on this earth to be so awesome that when you download them in a little while, like I'm hoping we can download memories soon because like, I think that me and a few other people, maybe you guys, like maybe other people that realize that it's all about the experience, the uh-huh. church of experience, the yeah. church of fucking experience, like you said then when we can download people's memories, like we'll be the next YouTube stars. We'll be like the memory stars because we've really done something exciting and weird and interesting. They're going to be like, I want to live the experiences of the guys who created the Grimerica podcast. (laughs) Well, I want to live inside the, no, 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 that's that's well said though. I love those. I love those awakening awakening moments. I mean, how many of our guests have had like those amazing awakening moments and they've their whole life has shifted and they've just reached like found their path. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I love it. Yeah. I mean, so I keep, um, I, I, I get to be a, like a transformational, uh, transmogrificational, uh, voyeur. Yeah. Because I, I get to keep meeting people and they say to me like, okay, well, what is this avatarism? And I go, well, it's the you, it's the whatever you that you want to create. It's the oldest you. It's the you that when you thought you were Rainbow Bright and Gilligan or fucking Robocop and Jesus Christ, whatever you thought you wanted to be become being um, whatever you thought you wanted to become rather is the thing that you can now design and create your life around yeah. more more directly than, than before. And that really makes people excited, makes people happy. They want to, they want to live through these characters a little more, but they also want to have their own, um, experience through it because maybe their home character, the one that they got created and speaking from experience, like I survived, you know, some pretty weird things, you know, like I had a manager who was a pedophile. Um, I had a babysitter who, you know, is a rapist. Yeah, me too. Well, well, it didn't get yeah. that far, but yeah, like I got, I got molested and my friend got raped, you know, it's like, so, so like, and, and some could say that like, okay, well, people who have been damaged, they just need this, this fantasy to escape. And I, you know what I'm going to say is yes. And fuck you for making that wrong because this world is full of bizarre, weird fantasies, the racist fantasy, the, you know, the, this fantasy, the, that fantasy. And the fact that I want to self create or say that I'm a joy Jedi or a Hobbit Jedi as my archetype for life, because I like to defend and I like to fight and be a poetic warrior, but I also like to garden and, you know, you know I like both, both ethos and it's a ethos. And it's so funny. It's like these things are so ingrained in, in our lives. And I know like, I mean, I have friends that go ghost hunting, you know, shout out to my friend, uh, Kristen, who's, uh, I think in, in, uh, in, in Rhode Island. And, like, you know, she goes out ghost hunting on the weekends. She goes to Salem, you know, like these things are a spiritual path, you know, just because they're not connected to some recognized thing that you can give money to or say, I am a blankety blank, you know, avatarism, I really believe guys is the oldest philosophy on the planet or maybe on every planet, because the first thing we do, even before language is we embody, we embody the other creatures that maybe we want to hunt or we we embody the spirits we think are causing the lightning or whatever. And like we just make things up. And so this creating of, of sort of elevated character is super ingrained. And it's used against us to, to make our kids want to buy things and make us buy collect endless collectibles that, you know, we get excited to buy. But then they sit on the shelf for years and we kind of look at them with a slightly tarnished sort of majesty because they don't do anything, guys. Like 
1979 Spider-Man uh, activity belt was a bitter disappointment, gentlemen. It was bitter, bitter disappointment. The grappling hook would not grapple. The string would not hold. It had no workable things on it. It was miserable. And I, I got it for my birthday, and I, I seriously, I ran out to the back porch, and I tried to be my, be my avatar, and I felt like a, you know, it was limp as, as limp as fuck. <laughs> That's well said. So did we did we talk about that movie you were producing uh, before? Maybe we should mention that before we wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Because um, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting too. You're into all kinds of shit here. Yeah. So I I it, I got an email um, from a, a group that was making a film called Going Further. Further spelled F U R T H U R. Going Further, the movie. Um, and basically, these 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 kids, this great group of kids, they were working in, I think, social media, and um, they got sick of their jobs, and they heard that the uh, the son of Ken Kesey, the legendary bus driver, the writer of uh, um, of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Academy Award winning film, um, and and uh, he cashed in all of his money. And bought this psychedelic bus. His friends painted it. He was actually working at a um, at an insane asylum, and a government project came in and called uh, MK Ultra, and they started testing all the people uh, and doing these these wild experiments. And he got wrapped up in the experiments. He was an orderly there, and he just became part of the experiment. They started giving him LSD, um, and he realized that. Uh, crazy he had a cognition crazy people aren't crazy they're just a different type of person that are pushed out of society because they don't fit and he had this crazy cognition and out of that he wrote one through flew of the cuckoo's nest and then he got swept up in the lsd forward slash spirituality inducing experience um a whole thing and he wanted to take this out and so he got grabbed a bunch of his friends they put on crazy costumes and they drove across the country in this crazy bus sort of with this psychedelic culture um and embodying it and showing everybody what this new thing was and they had never seen anything like it so this film chronicles a little bit of the beginnings of that but then it's the fifth it was just a few years ago it was the 50th anniversary um and uh, and so w- w- the son of Ken Kesey uh, got another bus, uh, painted it. It was actually his father's was the second bus. So it was actually a real bus. They were on tour with it. So it's the, the second further bus. And they created 400 new Merry Pranksters all across the, uh, the United States, uh, sort of mimicking some of the tours that the original bus went on. And so going further, uh, the movie, you can see the, um, uh, the, the trailer right now, I think on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, and maybe, uh, uh, when you guys publish the podcast, I'll, I'll give a link uh, to that so people can see it right now. They're trying to sell it, uh, to Netflix or to Amazon. So if any of you Netflix, Amazon people have an ear to this, we want to sell you this great film about a historical crazy bus trip, um, that changed the world and changed everybody's minds. And so, you know, the, the old saying was, are you on the bus? Are you off the bus? The magic bus? The magic bus. Now it's a wagon. <laughs> it's a little less magical. <laughs> yeah, no, they still have the bus. The bus is really beautiful. You get to really experience. The bus is like a character in the film, and uh, you get to see it in a 100 different ways, and it's decked out with LEDs now because we've got all the technology. Like the old shamans used to say, he's like, 
you know, um, if we had the stuff you guys have, hey, we'd use it. Just happens that we only have the drums here yeah, in the Amazon. Yeah. But you guys have the big speakers and the lasers. Hell, if we had that, we'd use it. Right on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was uh, one of my most incredible spiritual experiences was with Bose, a Bose sound system with ancient instruments. So, yeah, that's uh, mm. why not pump it through that system? So, the, the volume. After learning about or more about this magic bus and that whole that whole sixties sort of experience idea, what do you think of these conspiracy theories about uh, that being more of like a CIA kind of operation and more of a intentional sort of movement? You know, not so much an organic, you know, spiritual um, movement from the yeah. ground up. Yeah, I think anything's possible. I mean, um, it is possible that 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 there was something to that um, that they, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really want to yeah. say what I what I don't know. And yeah. right now, what I do know is that I, I feel a very powerful connection to that time period, just like my dad yeah. did. And why I feel a connection to it is is its feeling of change and possibility mm -hmm. and whether or not it was it doesn't matter the cat's out of the bag yeah and you can't and i and and i love terence mckenna when he says you can't make your magazines and your movies and your media companies without psychedelic people you think you can no you can't yeah so we're we're ingrained at every level of 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 politics and uh, and culture and business now and in fact i'm hearing lots of uh, underground reports that people in high level business are are starting to micro, experiment micro and micro and, yeah, yeah microdose it's all yeah. over the place right totally. so so and and so you know it's a whole new world. Um, it's out of the bag. It's interesting, of course. Governments try to do things. They try to gain, gain a gain a, an advantage. But um, but um, I don't think it quite worked the way they thought it would. Yeah, and, uh, that's kind of my yeah. thought too. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think along those same lines. If it yeah. was if it was if it was there, there was it was sort of like they were following along or taking a look or peeking inside, but not necessarily creating it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our, our forefathers really here are the natives, you know, the, the indigenous people, the first the first nations people. They they are our forefathers. And, um, and in this land, our forefathers used uh, psychedelic experience, used vision quest to understand this land and understand how to live with it. And it gave them a lot of understanding and a lot of gifts. Um, both the cactus and and the, and the mushroom, and so, you know, it's it's good to look to look into those things, and it's becoming more and more accepted, and I'm really really very happy about that. Bingo, bango, you're welcome. I'm an Indian. Darren's a Canadian. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my I have I have a French Canadian ancestry. We're about we're about to get. Uh, our genetics tested. My mom feels pretty certain we have some some native native uh, Canadian First Nations um, in our blood. So, well, let me know what tribe. Maybe we're from the if, same tribe. If we're from the same tribe, does that does that mean like I can like like we can, you can like, crash at my pad? <laughs> oh, sweet! <laughs> that sounds great. All right, cool. Also, well, yeah, I'll get I'll get right on that because I I need a place to stay. Perfect. Well, yeah, it's, it's getting are, cold yeah. fast. If you are if, if you are ever in Calgary, make sure you swing by for sure. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, guys. Thank you. This has been really really cool, interesting. And uh, if you ever want to talk again about some other subject, we could. Yeah, I have lots of other stories. Yeah, man, it's been fantastic. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, and I'm, honestly, I'm thinking about just doing this, uh, filling out this character sheet. Creating an avatar. Yeah, Make yourself a little avatar, Grambo. 
it's uh, it's my gift to everybody. I'm, I'm working on a book called Alter Yourself, A Guide to Avatarism. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, you can check out my old blog at A-V-A-T-A-R-I-S-M dot org. And then the actual uh, website, uh, which has some blog materials, but has the free PDF. Or you could donate it. You give me a couple bucks if you want to further my work and help me out. Um, that's avatarism.net. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Polinsky, P-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y. Um, and uh, I think, is that it? Yeah, I think uh, so, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, check out my SoundCloud. I, so I, I, no joke, I'm like about to release a, a uh, uns, uns, uns EDM song with uh, legendary DJ Axwell. He just is his, his record label, Axton, is releasing a song of mine called um, Losing My Mind. And, um, it's by, yeah, it's biographical from when I lost my mind, but I got it back in time to promote the song. I just lost it for a second. So I could write the song and I got it back. Just misplaced Um, it. Can we use that in the show? Is there any way we can use that in the show? uh, It's not yet. It it hasn't uh, been released yet, but, um, but I would love it if, but I would love it if you guys played, um, my, one of my other songs from my SoundCloud. Um, and maybe you could just choose one that you liked. Yes, for sure. Whatever one you did. Yes, hey, yeah, boom. yeah, we'll do that for sure. Fucking A. Right. Yeah. Fucking okay. A. Thanks, <laughs> <All right>. Alex. <laughs> right on. Take right, care, buddy. Okay. Yeah, Ciao. Great. Okay. Bye bye. That was a chat with the one and only Alexander Polinsky. What you think, fun. buddy? That was awesome. Yeah, that I was a fun it. one. Get her. I want to play. I want to play D and D. Oh yeah, you're fucking, coming up. These guys are fucking going off, and oh, he's calling back in the chats today. And that was our chat with uh, the one and only Alex Polinsky. What'd you think, buddy? Oh, that was fun. That was lots of fun. Yeah, I was, I'm going to go, uh, I was, I was, did you know I was going to play D&D a little bit here coming up? No, but it's kind of synchronistic because the guys are going off in the chats right now. They're talking, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have a, a role play, a D&D podcast no. or some shit? And I'm really? Like, I was like, actually, I think you guys would kill it. And then they're like, we should play virtual D&D this weekend. And now they were like, I was trying to say something and they were like going off. They didn't even care that I was there. They were just fucking D&D. Oh yeah, Friday, fuck. And I missed it all? Yeah. Talk to Grimstake. Okay. He's the ringleader. Okay. You can get in on some Did you know about our chat with Avatars? He's going to love it. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, My avatar is D-Ron. When I come on the podcast, I transform into D-Ron the stoner. (laughs) Oh yeah, you don't have much transforming to do. Subtle. <laughs> uh, no, that was good. I love the whole spiritual awakening thing as well, and and uh, I think it's a tool to to improve yourself. I mean, anything to 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 bring out your your true self, I think, is good. Authentic Absolutely. self. That's like even if that's wearing women's clothes downtown. That's right. Getting yeah. rid of that bono. Getting rid of that bono. <laughs> Maybe you get another Bono, but <laughs> yeah, different Bono. Yeah, big thanks to Alexander Polinsky for coming on the show. Uh, big thanks to you guys for listening. Big thanks to people that support the show, make these uh, great conversations possible without any commercials and shit. Check out grimmerica.ca slash support if you can, guys. We would really appreciate it. Winter's coming. It's getting cold. Uh, and uh, yeah, we could use some more support. Uh, support. Uh, the best is if you can sign up for a monthly there's uh, options there as low as a buck a month right up to 30 bucks a month that gets you access to the black budget support feed which gets some extra content there um, 
couple ups a month. There's some stuff there now, about 10 or 11 apps in there already. So you guys would be loving that. So yeah, sign up for a monthly today. If you can't do that, you can maybe do a one-time donation. Uh, if you can't afford to support the show monetarily, there's a bunch of other stuff you can do in the show notes. Just check out the show notes. Rate the show. Rate the show. Review it. Rate the fucking I think show. Susie, what's your excuse for not rating the show? No, I think that's really one of the things that will help like us the most. Over 10,000 a year. And there's like, what, 70 reviews? Yeah. It really is pitiful. Don't say that. Well, it's, it is. You know, a lot of people, have, that's pretty good. 70 reviews is pretty good, but. I sure mean, it is. That's those like tinfoil for, hat guys are going for 1,000. Yeah, that's because they push it hard. Do they? Well, we should push it. Well, don't make us push it that hard. Just review the fucking <laughs> show. Do it right now. It'll take five minutes. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for listening. See you next week. My servo power is depleted. I don't have breath. I can't sing no more. Probably stare at the wall until I see right through it. Probably stare at the ceiling until I see right through it. Thousands of feet up, that's you in a jet plane. Flying to paradise. your mind it'll make
make you lose your mind.